is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. So very much for joining us right here on Off the Script. This is your AEW Dynamite post show for March 23rd, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. And I'm joined by my very good friend and full of static over there, Jesse. Well, what's going on? Did Charlotte Flair interrupt your uh, internet connection already this evening? No, you hear static? I hear static, bro. All right. I'm here in Stella. Charlotte Flair has already compromised the stream, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe How about should... now? Now I don't hear anything. There we go. There you go. Problem, done, brother. Problem solved. Look at this fucking technician over here, man. Listen, I'm JD from New York, the one that everybody wants to cancel, apparently, this week. And I'm joined by Jesse. Jesse, what's going uh, on, man? How you, how you doing? Oh, man. Chilling, brother. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. I'm uh, down the bed to watch some pro wrestling tonight, man. I know. I know. The week uh, The week always begins on Wednesday, man. I, I don't know listen, about you. Man, that's a beautiful thing, bro. It's uh, a beautiful I, thing. I know. Yeah, listen, man, as long as we didn't get any promos uh, tonight cut by uh, individuals that sounded like they were auditioning for the next Peter Jackson fucking fantasy flick, I, I'm good to go, man. Uh I don't Seriously. know anything about all of that. But, well, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, listen, you don't, you don't watch Mondays. No, no, man. Um, I, I find, I find way more entertaining things to do with my Monday nights. I know you do, man. I wish I was in the same boat, but we're not here to talk about Monday night. We're here to talk about Wednesday night. AEW Dynamite, excellent show tonight. Not really. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a big storyline heavy show, but Tony Khan. I'm assuming Tony Khan was looking at this show tonight, and I'm like, you know, the card looks a little underwhelming. And Tony Khan probably was thinking to himself the same thing. Yeah, the card looks a little underwhelming. What do I got to do to spice this up? So he he added Jay Lethal versus Adam Cole, and then he added a uh, tornado match, and then he added CM Punk coming back for the first time since Revolution and the dog collar match with MJF. He put CM Punk in the ring with Dax Harwood. And it ended up being a chaotic, fun two hours of a Wednesday night just before it even hit 9 o'clock. I was even surprised that a one hour I'd flown by at that point. It did, right? I mean, that, that first hour did kind of fly by. You know, when you when you, when you you focus on the in-ring work, man, it's so easy to get caught up in the show and at times kind of flies by. And there's no time to look at your clock and wonder how long segments are going. You're enjoying yourself, man. I know. I know it's great. Uh, it's great when we can actually sit down and enjoy professional wrestling. Jesse, there was no big, big, major story coming out of tonight's show, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really just start off with what we've already discussed here, 
And I know you have a different take on it. Some people may agree with you. Some people may not agree with you. I know I think I would do it this way. And it involves CM Punk. CM Punk came back tonight for the first time since Revolution and the dog collar match with MJF. Fantastic match with Dax Harwood. And I'm still hearing static, Jesse. Still getting static on your end. Not even talking. I know. I don't know what's going on. You got a window open? You got no. a fan on? No. I don't know what's going on, man. No, no, and no. You got no you got no static now. I don't know what happened. Bro, I'm telling you what it is. It's Discord, man. It's, 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 the, con- it's the connection. Yeah, you know, it's that 3G connection, man. I know Lee Johnson knows about oh, it. I, I know. You keep saying it's me. It's not me, man. It's not me. I can't. I, I, there's not, my internet speed is over one gig. I get 50 upload. I mean, there is nothing. It, it's, it's the Discord connection, bro. There is nothing on my end. Maybe it's your microphone. What microphone are you using tonight? When no, when I stream, everything sounds perfectly fine. I, I sent I sent you the fucking clip, man. It is not me. It is the Discord connection, man. It's the it's the the the, conference, the phone call we're having, and then trying to broadcast it. We've got to find a new platform. We've got to stop using Discord. This guy, man, stop breathing into the fucking microphone, man. You unprofessional geek. What's going on? Jesus Christ, man. Listen, all right, let's uh, let's see how this uh, continues on through the rest of the show here, man. We'll uh, we'll monitor this static along the way. Maybe it's uh, did you see the way Julia Hart was staring into the into the void today, Jesse? Maybe it's her. Maybe she's summoning her black demons, being that she got uh, misted in the eye by uh, Malachi Black. No, man, I don't know where they're going with this. To be honest, absolutely no clue. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. But CM Punk tonight showed up first time since Revolution. And he had a great match with Dax Harwood. I want to see people in the community claim to anybody. I want I want these supposed pro wrestling podcasts, these professional podcasts, to go out there and cry about CM Punk and claim that CM Punk has not had a good story or CM Punk is washed up or he's not great and he's been boring and, and whatever else they want to come up with as far as negativity about CM Punk's return. Wrestled a great match with Dax Harwood. And... Tonight he, tonight, he had what I thought was one of his better matches in his entire AEW run. Dax is great. Very underrated is Dax. I know he's a tag team guy, but Dax always gets the job done when he's in the ring. Seems like he turns out bangers left and right. Just very old school feel to him. He wrestles with his heart. That was a shoot tonight when he actually said that. At the end of the match, Jesse, CM Punk motioned to his waist with the world championship. And this is apparently where... They are going with CM Punk. Otherwise, he would not be doing that. Later in the evening, MJF mentioned CM Punk and pretty much foreshadowed what exactly is going to happen. He, he said it himself. It's not done yet. And they will meet one more time. And when he wins, he's going to make sure that he's dead. I'll read the exact quote. Piss on his grave. And he's going to embarrass him and cost him the biggest loss of his career. And he's going to get his revenge back. All of this was foreshadowed tonight, Jesse. What we talked about a couple of weeks ago, it, it's seemingly in the mind of Tony Khan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, they're never really one to, to, to tease things or say things and then have no intention of doing them. So um, it looks like that's the future plan. And Punk starts signaling for the title, man, and that's where it's headed. You know, it, it might not mean he's winning it, but I don't, at the same time, I don't see why he wouldn't at this point. So, yeah, I can see that. 
Uh, everybody in the chat, the, the microphone is definitely not me, man. I got a $700 microphone in front of me. It's not a fucking microphone on my end. So you, you guys can cut that shit out right now. Right now. Give me a break with that shit. Um, it's not, I'm telling you guys what it is exactly. It, it's, it's the Discord connection, man. For sure. I, I listen. I don't know what it could be, but uh, when Jesse speaks, it's fine. When he's just sitting silent, I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, so that's where they're going with that. Um, do Do you now believe what we talked about a little bit ago with with, with this? Do, do you Do you sit there a little bit more open about an Adam Hangman Page and CM Punk match for the world title, of double or nothing now? Oh well, absolutely, man. I mean, I was never one to be against the match. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean. Punk being champion is not, you know, bad by any means, you know, but it, and the match is going to deliver. It was just more or less the direction I thought they would go and the direction I thought that Punk would be, tr- uh, the, the things that I thought Punk would be trying to do in his run in AEW. I just didn't see it being a world title run. But, I mean, hey, it looks like he, that that's exactly where they're going. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be nothing but fantastic. Well, for everybody that might have missed it, why 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 did you think that CM Punk should uh was not going to come into AEW and vie for a world title run or a world championship in AEW? What, you yeah. know, describe describe to everybody and explain to everybody why you thought that was not going to be the case with Punk coming back after eight years. We, we know when he when he came back, you know, he made it clear that it, it just felt like he was just trying to um just put a put a bow tie on his on his wrestling career, at least on his in ring career. I mean, I don't see I don't see Punk leaving the business ever again, even when he's done going in the ring. But um, I, I mean, I got the feeling that he was coming back to, to, to just to put a bigger shine on AEW as a whole, and more importantly, to the younger talent that could use um, the uh, the the exposure. You know, being in the ring with someone like him and going back and forth, and, and all of that's been benefiting. Um, uh, been been working to his benefit since the start, you know. But I just didn't I didn't believe that um, it was going to turn into a world title run. I thought the world title picture was 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 complete and was not lacking anywhere. So you know, it necessarily didn't necessarily need Punk's elevation. But at the same time, you know, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt at all. I just I I get I get the thought and the and the the idea that um, he wasn't trying to push all the way to the top. He was just trying to push everyone as a whole. Did you see what uh, Powerhouse Hobbs said about CM Punk this week? Uh, No, I think I missed it. What did he say? Well, Powerhouse Hobbs was interviewed uh, this week. I don't know where he was interviewed, but he did uh, have a quote about CM Punk this week. And he said this about Punk. And it and it goes to what your your point is, Jesse. He, he you know, Punk was going to come in and he was going to help AEW uh, b- uh, grow and build it uh, w- with him coming in and build it to be bigger than it was before he was there and, and help the young kids and the young guys out. Hobbs said that Punk is one of the guys that sits down to watch his matches and critiques every one of them. Hobbs said this, and I quote: "I will say this about him: he may get mad." But Punk is one of those dudes. After every match that I have that airs, he always sits down and watches it with me. So we sit down together and we break stuff down. He may get mad, but I told the world, Punk, you are that dude. Uh, So he says, after the Arthur Ashe match, New York City, 20,000 people was crazy. That whole night had a special meaning to me. And Punk knew that because it was about a month since my mom passed away. So my emotions and everything we're everywhere. Right before that match got announced, or the day the match got announced, you know, he pulled me aside and said, this is going to be for her. Don't worry about anything else. Not Nobody else. It's just you, me, and her. 
that I will forever be grateful for, end quote. So, you know, Will Hobbs says that CM Punk is one of those guys, Jesse, that sits down and, you know, it, it may not be him. We don't know how many other people Punk has done that with. But, well, you know, Will Hobbs has spoken up about Punk in this manner and he critiques and watches every match. And with the, with the attention Will Hobbs has been getting lately for his physique and how well he's been just carrying himself as of late, I wonder how much of that is coming from Punk kind of mentoring him at this point. I don't know, man. I can see, I can see Hobbs being, um, being a beneficiary, a, a, a benefactor to, you know, um, the experience and, and the teachings of punk backstage. There's so much you can do to help a talent um, get over that's on the cusp. You know, you can't do too much for someone who is, I mean, just flatlining and not doing much, but when you get as much talent as AEW does, who have it all, they just need the exposure. You want to get those guys in the ring with bigger name guys. I mean, that's why guys like Jericho are here. That's why Punk is here. And it's not just the in ring thing because I don't. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think Will Hobbs necessarily needs CM Punk's advice on his in ring work. But there's so many other aspects of being successful in this business that Punk could definitely rub off on guys like Will Hobbs that I could see that happening. I hope it's happening. I mean, if it is, then he's doing exactly what he intended to do when he signed up here. Yeah, I I agree 100%. CM Punk, again, uh, paying off in a multitude of ways. Tonight, motion for the world championship. CM Punk, at the end of the day, uh, I honestly think it's going to be him and Adam Hangman Page for the world championship. Listen, it, it it may be Punk and Adam Cole at Double or Nothing. We don't know what the road to double or nothing is going to do for us and where it's going to take us. Adam Cole also wants the world championship as well. So we got a little uh, a little triangle here for the world championship. Punk beat MJF. He wants the world title. Adam Cole feels like he got cheated out of uh, the world championship from Adam Page, rather. And Punk wants uh, Adam Page as well. So we, we will be on a very exciting road to double or nothing. But I do think that it ends up with Punk getting the championship and then ultimately losing that title to MJF as the elites and Adam Cole and his boys will probably end up feuding with Kenny Omega, who is going to return at some point this year, uh, and the Young Bucks and all that inner turmoil there with the elite and then the former Undisputed Era guys. So there's a lot going on as far as storytelling in AEW, and it's going to be very exciting to see what uh, happens and what unfolds going into the pay-per-view. But we got your AEW news and rumors. We got your Dynamite breakdown tonight. We're going to go over it all. I want to thank you guys very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. You guys have been awesome all week. Content's been flowing, and we got a lot more to come as well. Episode 2 of WWE 2K22, My Rise, coming tomorrow. Not much in the way of wrestling news, but I find that to be quite bizarre, being that it's WrestleMania week. There's at least nine more days till WrestleMania, so it's crazy that there's not a lot of news. But we got you covered, and we will... Continue to get you covered all week right here on Off The Script. Go check out any videos that you might have missed on the channel. Monday Night Raw, NXT post shows live on the channel. And the WWE 2K22, My Rise, it's all there on the homepage. Go and check it out if you guys missed any of that content. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. We just hit 38,000 followers on Twitter. Thank you guys very much for trusting me with your honest pro wrestling takes. Jesse, where can they find you on Twitter and YouTube? 
as this guy continues to get his microphone situation worked out. Does he hear me? Sorry about that. I've been I tried hitting mute so that like the um the, the lack of sound go through doesn't cause static. So I hit mute while oh. you're talking and I'm not okay, trying, good to, man. trying to see if that helps. Alright. So but um you can find me on YouTube at Shytown Smart. Um and join me Wednesday, Mondays and Tuesdays, and we will do dark live watch alongs, guys. Nothing crazy, nothing um over the top, but we will chill and we will hang out. Sometimes we have a drink and chill and we will get out delicious tacos to the best wrestlers and sour cream to the ones that suck. Oh, now you're handing out sour cream to the ones that suck? I don't know, but I should start doing it. That's actually this, a pretty damn good this idea. fucking guy, man. Jesus That's Christ. That's a good idea. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Anyway, guys, go follow Jesse on his YouTube channel. I'm sure he'll link it in the chat. Go check him out. He does uh, live reactions to AEW Dark every week. And he does retro reviews as well when the time calls for it. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below to this channel. Thank you guys very much. We are nearing 132,000 subscribers on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up. I see 504 likes in the chat right now. We need 1,000 minimum right here on OTS for your AEW Dynamite post show. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. The bar is packed. Drinks are flowing. And the drinks, always ice cold. Get them on in. We'll hang out and read through them all at the end of the show. Also, make sure you guys hit that join button and become a VIP right here on OTS. You guys can sit right back there with me and indulge in the finest beverages and get involved with Off the Script and the pro wrestling talk that happens here. You guys get those custom emotes in the chat and you guys get those badges next to your name to show off your VIP status. Thank you guys very much for joining the VIP club. YouTube just sent me an email. We have 400 members already this year. So make sure you guys sign up and become a part of the OTS family. And today's show is sponsored by Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash scripts. You guys are going to get 30 days free of their service and one free audiobook of your choice. Best thing is, if you guys want to end up canceling within that 30 days, you get to keep your audiobook for free. That is audibletrial.com slash script. And I want to thank them, as always, for sponsoring the podcast right here on OTS. Man, I love that song, man. You guys need the name of that song. It's called Evermore by Chris McKean. Awesome fucking guitars, man. They call that shred wave. It's like synth wave and heavy metal all into our rock in one, man. So I love that type of shit, man. Really gets me going. So if you guys wanted the name of that song, it's Evermore by Chris McKean. Not as good as the Warriors. Yes, I know, bro. I played out for you specifically, but you got fucking static on your microphone, man. Maybe I, maybe I should take that away and I should play something that you don't like. Do you hear the static when I go quiet when it's on mute? No, I don't. No, I don't. I guess I'll, ch- I'll I'll say what I have to say, and then you just chime in whenever you need to. And we'll figure this shit out, man. We got to get this this situation sorted out so Jesse can sound uh, actually decent on Wednesday night so Lee Johnson doesn't fucking eviscerate him when he sees him again, you know? I'm not, I'm not speaking to him, man. Yes, you are. Are you going to ignore no. him? Are you going to ignore him next time we're together and he's just strolling down the street? Yo, Lee, what's going on, man? No, I'm going to fucking cross to the other side of the street because his damn emo girlfriend gets violent. You know who's going to be on the other side of the street? She is, man. She'd be right there. Probably. You can't escape. Probably. 
Probably. Maybe, maybe, maybe Julia Hart is the reason why the crime rate in Chicago is so high. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, man, do not, do not disrespect Julia Hart that way. Come on. Dude, I get beat up by a tiny blonde white girl in downtown Chicago. You know, some people would say that was a great thing. No, not when you get beat up, man. I mean, throw any other kind of uh, verb in there, maybe, but beat up is not <laughs> one of those verbs, bro. Listen, we'll use a lot of those uh, th- those key words when we talk about Sammy Guevara and Take Conti later. Uh, don't, don't get me started on that. But uh, CM Punk and Dax Hardwood, bro, this was a great wrestling match. Not really anything storyline-driven here. And Punk just wanted to get back out there and get in the ring after his brutal match with MJF at Revolution in the dog collar match. Anybody, I said this in the beginning, anybody that wants to complain about CM Punk right now, I mean, I mean, just stop and leave that shit at the door. Punk right now is doing excellent work. He looks great in the ring. He's getting himself ready for a world championship match at some point this year. That's what I truly believe. Punk has had some great stories. I honestly think the story with MJF was one of the best that that CM Punk has had in his entire career. So anything that you're hearing negative about CM Punk, honestly, these people are not watching AEW Dynamite on a regular basis, on a consistent basis. We can praise CM Punk all we want. We know how great he's been. And I think that's pretty obvious. Dax Harwood. I mean, I don't think Dax Harwood gets a lot of credit, Jesse. Dax... You know, old school guy. There's rumors about Brett the Hitman Hart coming in and managing FTR or, or being some sort of uh, service to MG, uh, FTR uh, in the near future. Dax Harwood wrestles with that old school mentality. Great pro wrestling. Uh, great in-ring story all the time with Dax. He always is churning out bangers, even though he's a tag team wrestler. So I loved the styles that CM Punk and Dax Harwood had here tonight together. Great wrestling match. Again, nothing that's going to blow anything out of the water. No storyline here. Just great 15 minutes of pro wrestling. Yeah, man. This is the... This is the um, they they have not a similar style. They pretty much have an exact style. You know, let's not forget the the, the whole model of, of FTR is, you know, no flips, just fists, you know. And with Punk and his return, man, he's been nothing about nothing but the old school storytelling and, and the, and the, the, the old school spots, man. It's, it's kind of ironic that CM Punk is now, you know, part of the old school mentality when it comes to in-ring work, you know, but it works, you know, he'll take things like a suplex or a body slam and do like three or four of them in a row just to get him over with the crowd and everything else, you know. He'll do, he'll do like a scoop body slam and the crowd will react. He'll stop, look at the crowd, have some fun with it. Do it one or two more times. But, you know, in the meantime, it's giving him time to think about his next couple of spots and how he wants to do them. Well, this is the same pace that uh, that Dax has and everything else. So, I mean, I see nothing but chemistry in a match like that as soon as it was booked. You know, they're going to do things nice, slow, methodically and get the high spots and get the crowd into it. And this is exactly what they did, too. Yeah, I love how Punk has been kind of all over the spectrum with what he's done in AEW, something that uh, I think a lot of people really don't appreciate. He's He's got in there and wrestled pro wrestlers like Dax Harwood. He's got in there and wrestled uh, MJF in dog collar matches. He's bled. He's been in hardcore matches. He's been uh, all over the place. He's wrestled big men. He's wrestled Darby. I mean, you know, in the first, I would say, half of CM Punk's run in AEW, he's been 
all over the place, Jesse. He's mixing it up with a bunch of different styles. He he jumped right into the pool uh, without any hesitation whatsoever. And I think that's the one thing at the end of the day that makes me appreciate CM Punk even more than I did in his previous run seven and a half, eight years ago. He's not afraid to conquer anything. If he fails, he fails. But he's absolutely excelled at everything he's done so far in uh, AEW since August. He has. I mean, you know, you know, when you say it like that, you know, it kind of it makes me think about, you know, just just his experience, you know, between leaving the E and here. And when you had a run like he did in UFC and, you know, let's just be honest, it was not a very complimentary run in UFC. When you come back home to pro wrestling and and you get a big hand in creative it's got to be much easier for him to to go out and do things with the with the like you just said, you know, with the intention of hey, you know what, I can't fail at this. I mean, like he said it be like he said it kind of before in um, that backstage show. You know, he you know he creates the culture. You know, so if he comes up with an idea, even if it's not a great idea and mediocre, he has the ability to get it over just because of who he is and how he does things. So. I don't I don't see why he would have a, any fear of failure as it becomes as it pertains to an idea or a match or something like that, because it's, it's all going to work, you know, because he, he is in tune with what the fans want. You know, the guys on Twitter all the time interacting with everyone. He sees what they're not happy with and he'll make a play on it or make a comment about it. And they're very hands on everybody over there. So, I mean, there, there's got to be that feeling of. Even if this doesn't get over right away, we can get it over type deal. That, that's that's kind of cool. I kind of liked it. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do, too. And and by the way, Austin, Texas was incredible tonight uh, for AW Dynamite. Loud all yeah. night, including and obviously for CM Punk. Loud CM Punk chants. Major CM Punk love tonight in Austin, Texas. So shout out to Texas. You guys really brought the heat tonight. It's always something that I appreciate as a fan when I see a crowd that lively. Uh, the Gun Club were at ringside being jerks. And they were uh, distracting Dax. Apparently, they got a problem with FTR. So uh, he was there. He he noticed them, and he was a little bit distracted. Uh, Punk regained control here. They traded forearm shots, did Punk and Dax. Punk took Dax down with a drop kick. He went for a near fall. They fought on the top rope. Punk sent Dax to the mat, set up for the big elbow drop. Dax popped up and crotched Punk over the top turnbuckle before hitting a superplex. He followed it up with a diving headbutt for a near fall. Punk blocked a suplex attempt, and both men were sent over the top rope, crashing to the floor. Uh, The commentary team was wondering who got the worst of what there because they both landed hard on the floor. Cash Wheeler, who was not at ringside, decided to show up at ringside to support Dax here. So they get back in the ring. Punk landed a diving crossbody off the top for two. Then he got on the Anaconda Vice and... He was in a situation to win the match. Dax rolled out, and he broke the hold. Dax, moments later, gets on a perfect-looking sharpshooter, and that may be a foreshadowing of what's to come with Dax Harwood pulling out the sharpshooter, obviously well-known for uh, by being Bret Hart's finishing move. Punk countered, and they cradled each other for near falls. Dax countered a rising knee from CM Punk into a big... uh, I guess, pop-up powerbomb off the top rope for two, which looked like it folded Punk over in half. Punk hit a rising knee striking call for the GTX. Dax blocked it, locked on a sharpshooter again, and uh, Punk transitioned into the Anaconda Vice, and Dax ended up tapping out to the Anaconda Vice. 
about 14 minutes or so. Open Dynamite, great match. And Punk at the end of the match, Jesse, motions for the world championship around his waist. He did it a couple of times. Crowd was chanting CM Punk. So it got me a little excited to see Punk do that with now the thoughts in everybody's head. Is CM Punk going to go on to double or nothing and wrestle Adam Page for the AEW World Championship? I don't know if that's going to be the case, but Tony Khan is going to have a great match on his hands no matter what with those two guys. I know both are big baby faces. Punk obviously bigger than Adam Page as far as the baby face role is concerned, but at that point, I don't even think it matters. I think it's just going to end up being a great match for both guys, and I honestly think the crowd's going to love every bit of it. Yeah, yeah, they would. You know, um, whether or not they pull a trigger on a title change, I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, I would, again, Punk losing in, in a situation in a match like that is not going to hurt Punk at all. No. And it's, and it's only going to benefit the, the whoever he was, in the, he, he was in the ring with, you know. But at the same time, I mean, as long as he's had a great run up until that point, Losing the world title to CM Punk is also not a terrible thing, and it's not going to hurt anyone on any level. So, um, if the build is right, uh, that's going to be a win-win either way. But um, I could definitely see Punk wanting to put Hangman over in that situation at the same time, especially if it's in Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing what Tony Gon uh, Tony Khan has planned uh, for the pay per view here, with that possibly being the main event. And like I said, Dax and Punk. Great match. Uh, just two great professional wrestlers. It, it flowed great. The pace was nice. And everything was just perfect about it. I loved it. Even though it didn't tell a major story as far as where Punk is going or where Dax is going. It was just two great professional wrestlers doing what they do best to open a pro wrestling show. That's something I really, really appreciate. Jericho. Okay, do you, do you, still, do you still hear that static? I, I still hear the static, bro. Do you hear it right now? Uh, I don't hear it right now, but... It comes in waves. I don't hear it now. I don't hear it anymore. What was it? Okay. I, I just one of the it's one of the settings in Discord that I'm playing with. The, it's the automatic input sensor. Okay. So it so it it, it like cuts off the mic when it thinks it hears nothing, and it cuts it on. It thinks it hears something. It's it's Discord settings are just so fucking jacked up. Right, we'll fi- we'll figure it out, uh, and we'll figure out how to get you to sound. Uh, a little bit better than you do. So let's see if that works. And if not, maybe uh, when I'm uh, ranting on about something, maybe you switch to a different microphone or something. I have no idea. Uh, but Jericho, Jericho was there with the Jericho Appreciation Society. He was with Danny Garcia, Jake Hager 2.0. Jericho said it was such a heartwarming story for a 12-year-old John Silver meeting him because they showed a picture being that the main event match tonight was Dark Order versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. They showed a picture of Johnny Hungy at uh, 12 years old with Chris Jericho. And a 12-year-old Silver meeting him, and now he gets to have a match against the Influencer. He said being in the ring with the big one puts him on a different level, but not on his level. He said it'll be taking him to school. Garcia then chimed in and said that they beat up pro wrestlers, and later their opponents will learn why pro wrestlers can hang with sports entertainers like them. Jericho then broke out the future Endeavor line. He said that they will, or he will, future Endeavor, Johnny Hungy, and the Dark Order. They then talked about Santana and Ortiz, nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be found. They looked around and shouted, where are they? Where are they at? Hager said they're never coming back. This is the Jericho Appreciation Society. 
And that is entertainment. I'm loving this, man. I'm loving it. They broke, they broke out another WWE-ism here with Future Endeavored. I'm just waiting for them to call Double or Nothing a premium live event. And I'm waiting, to, I'm waiting for Jericho to call the AEW fans the AEW universe. It's going to happen. Probably. I mean, it's, it's already getting over, so now, he, now he's got room to take it and run with it, you know? So, and, and it, it must be kind of cool to have ideas like this and have a boss to say, yeah, go ahead, do it. You know, screw it. It must be nice to not have a dictionary list of banned words and phrases and motions and things you can't do. So if you have ideas like this and, you're, and your boss is okay with it, man, you might as well try it. And let's, let's try to run with it a little bit, see where it goes. 2.0, Jesse. I, I know 2.0 is... Pro- Listen, I don't want to put words in people's mouths. I think 2.0 is very entertaining. I think they've been more entertaining in their run in AEW than they ever were in WWE, whatever the fuck they were doing in NXT. Are there some people out there? I get the sense that there are some people out there, as I see a couple of, a couple of people in the chat, you know, that don't like 2.0. Do you think people still look at 2.0, Jesse, as ex-WWE jobbers in NXT? And do you think this is going to ultimately change people's minds on both guys in 2.0 now that they're aligned with Chris Jericho? I don't think 2.0 was big enough in NXT to be over here for the average fan to look at them and say, oh, they were just jobbers in NXT. It's not like they were all over Monday Night Raw. It's not like they were chasing around for the 24th title. Not a huge number of people watched NXT and 2.0 wasn't even on it that much. So... Anyone who knows about their run in NXT are actually hardcore fans. Any other fans that are watching them now probably don't know who they are and they get to learn from scratch and see them excel. And from what I've seen them in AEW, these guys are really good. They're good in the microphone. They're good hands in the ring. And behind the tutelage of someone like a Chris Jericho is exactly what, what guys like this will need because they fall under that category like I just described earlier. They have the talent. They just need the exposure. And Chris Jericho is going to give them the exposure that they need to help them become bigger names. So I, I'm liking this pairing. I like everything about it. Yeah, I, I think it's going to end up working out very well for them. And, and listen, Matt uh, Matt Lee, is. Uh, I, I think he's a great promo. I think he's highly entertaining. Man. He's got that old school feel to him when he cuts a promo. He, he almost reminds me, you know, I know they're Canadian. It, it almost sends, seems like to me, and it gives me a sense that they've actually taken some promo uh, some promo inspiration from uh, the Mountie or, or the Quebecers. You know, I used to love the Quebecers, man. Uh, the Mountie and then uh, Jean-Pierre Lafitte or whatever the fuck his name was in uh, in the Quebecers. I remember their feud with uh, Brett and Owen Hart at the 1994 Royal Rumble and they won the tag team titles because Owen kicked Brett, Brett's leg out from underneath them. But uh, I, I love, they're very entertaining and I hope people really, really catch on to them because, you know, they could be something... Uh, more than what you expect, especially with Chris Jericho. I mean, look at what he's done with Sammy Guevara. Look at what he's done with uh, LAX. I mean, they they didn't, I I wouldn't say that they needed him, but they did need him because they're a lot bigger and more known now because they were in the inner circle. And I hope the same thing happens with 2.0. Yeah, they, I mean, they've shown you so much more to like. I mean, if you watch, if you watch Dynamite, if you watch BTE, more importantly, and stuff like that, see, Here's, here's the thing for me. I'm enjoying 2.0 10 times more than I did while they were in NXT. Yeah. Now, because 
they didn't really do anything in NXT. They weren't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to venture to say they weren't allowed to do too much. But since they've come over, you get to hear more about them on the promos. They get to see them a little bit more in the ring. I mean, I'm not going to say they're off the charts, you know, crazy insane, but there's nothing. I mean, they're perfectly fine in the ring. Absolutely. They can back up. They can back up their promo ability. And that's pretty much all you need to do. You can't go out there, cut a great promo and then suck in the ring. So they can wrestle. You know, they can wrestle as a, as a very serviceable tag team. Now you pair them with Jericho and you give them more mic time and everything like that. They can get themselves completely over. So if you don't like 2.0 because of their running NXT, I can understand it. They didn't do too much, you know, but don't let that hinder you from giving them, you know, a, a closer look now that they're getting TV time and promo time. We're not the Mountie. We're handsome. We're brave. We're strong. I never get into the Quebecers. Man. I thought they were great. Managed by I'm fucking gonna, Raven, bro. Johnny Polo. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I I, I couldn't. I, just, <laughs> uh, I didn't hate him. It's like oh, I hate him. I just they didn't do it. Like oh, okay, they're they're there. Whatever. Listen, man, the Mountie, man, cringe as the character may be, the Mountie was fucking good. Got that prodding yeah, stick, man. I remember the Mountie being, you know, entertaining on the stick and stuff like that. I remember that part. Anyway. Man, I could I could sit here and reminisce about WWF back in the day when I was a young a young lad all, all night for the entire review, but we won't do that. Um, listen, this Texas Tornado match, man, holy shit! The fuck is Tony Khan thinking, man? We just got one of these at the pay per view. He's like, you know, let let's run it back on Dynamite. Texas Tornado, eight man tag team match. The Hardys, it's Jeff and Matt Hardy with Darby Allen and Sting. Against Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, The Butcher, and The Blade. Let me get this out of the way first before I say anything about the match. The Butcher looks fucking great. I don't know what he's doing. I know his band broke up, but holy shit, man. The Butcher looks better than ever. His band broke up? I think his band split. Yeah, something happened with the lead singer. I don't know exactly what happened there, but uh, according to what I read, The Butcher's band is no more. Man. I have I have nothing more to say about Butcher and Blade. I didn't understand or know who they were when they debuted. And after a couple of weeks of seeing these guys work, I can't put these guys over anymore. I mean, they're, they're, I, there's no much. That's not much more I can say. They're fantastic. They're underrated. They are an old school ground and pound. Hit you with the swiftness. Bang you with the big guy tag team. They hit on all cylinders, and they're stuck with the Hardy, AFO, Andrade bullshit. I just, I don't know why. I just don't know why. You know, I, I got to say something about Andrade's theme music, too. I, I know I, I listen to it every time he comes out. I never mentioned it on the live stream, but his theme music is one of the best in AEW. It, it, gives, me, it gives me Carlos Santana vibes, bro. That fucking guitar and that whole that whole vibe about Andrade, it's great, man. What, whatever Mikey Ruckus did with that theme song and the inspiration for it, man, fucking fantastic. One of the best theme musics in all of pro wrestling. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I'll give you this much. Um, I think it's one of the most fitting. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it, like it gels. Like there are, I think there are much better themes out there. But his is just it's it's him like yeah. you know that that's made for that I loved it I, lo- I love the the match that music and him it, it works you know yes uh, can we all agree that uh, he needs to get out of the Andrade family office he should fire himself oh my god he should future he should future endeavor himself budget cut himself 
Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe because the Dark Order started out with this kind of go away heat, but it kind of manufactured itself into a like a cult following. I mean, you got to admit right now at this point, the Dark Order is like a cult following, and it will never get buried. Never, ever, ever. I mean, the Dark Order is going to live on as long as AEW is here. But that Hardy family faction bullshit that was an ultimate fail. That that was that was the retribution of AEW, man. If Andrade ended up kicking out Private Party, Butcher and Blade, and the Bunny, would you would you be would you be somebody that wants to see the Andrade family office continue, but maybe with some backing help that is similar to Andrade? Maybe Andrade's friends, maybe Bandito, uh, maybe Roosh, maybe guys like that. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Give me one second, bro. Go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. All right, guy, you do what you gotta do. I, I think Andrade, I think Andrade would benefit definitely with uh, similarities. I, I don't necessarily feel Private Party fits Andrade. I don't necessarily think Butcher and Blade and the Bunny fit Andrade. But you know, we'll see what happens. Andrade definitely deserves a lot better. That's uh, pretty much the basis of of that statement there. Darby, Darby Allen kicked things off with a missile. I still have the, the static, even though he's not talking, Jesse. Uh, Darby kicked things off with a missile, Tope, and Sting followed it up with a top rope dive onto the pile of bodies that were out there. Jeff sent Blade crashing over the barricade. Sting landed a stinger splash on the outside. Sting at one point in the beginning of this match even jumped off the top rope and did a fucking flying cross body. Crazy stuff by Sting. He feels like he is uh, as young as Darby Allen competing out there. Darby and Butcher... Fought on Rampage last week, which I did not watch because it ended up uh, airing at like 11.45. Did not watch. Brawled up into the stands until Andrade showed up and started whipping Darby with his belt. And then Butcher repeatedly sent Darby into the siding cement and the barricades in the aisleway and then threw him down a flight of fucking stairs. God almighty, Darby Allen is a fucking lunatic. This obviously took Darby out of the match for a little bit. Matt is on the stage with Isaiah Cassidy. He's set up for the side effect on the stage, was cut off by a low blow from Mark Quinn. Private Party then hit a double-team side effect off the stage with Matt Hardy through tables and debris down below. All of a sudden, we get to the concourse area. There are fans obviously roped off. There's a concession stand. There's T-shirts and a merchandise stand. Jeff and Sting are fighting Butcher and Blade in the mezzanine or the concourse. And Darby showed up for the assist to help them out. Then Jeff, all of a sudden, sees a ladder standing in the corner. He obviously says, huh, I'm going to use this. Jeff then sets up this humongous ladder and brings it into the match. Sting and Darby then put Butcher and Blade on several tables there that were, uh, I guess, aiding the merchandise stand. Jeff climbs up the ladder. There's this little awning of the building that they were in in Austin, Texas tonight. He's on legitimately the side of the fucking building. I tweeted it out. You guys can go watch it on my Twitter page. He's standing there and he's looking down. He does this thing. He does a huge swanton bomb through the tables. He goes crashing through Butcher and Blade. Jesse, this guy has been in AEW two fucking weeks, and he's already scaling buildings and doing death-defying acts of carnage in AEW, man. I think this was fucking great. Yeah, man, that was fucking crazy. I, um, 
I did something. I got a I got a phone call or something, and I looked away. I came back to the screen and I saw, you know, Jeff up in the fucking rafters or something. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is going on, man? How did we get here? And where's Matt? Please don't tell me Matt's up there too. So, he went so. through the tables. It was fucking great. Crowd was going crazy. Chance of holy shit. So fucking good. Jeff Hardy feels as if he's at home, obviously. Sting and Private Party were uh, checking on Matt. Uh, they were back around the ringside area. Oh, by the way, Sting checked on Jeff to see if he was okay. Very professional move, of course, by Steve Borden to check on Jeff Hardy if he was all right. Jeff was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. So that's nice to see there. So back around ringside area, Sting fought off private party, checked on Matt. But Isaiah hit him with a chair. Sting no-sold it. He fired up like he usually does. He fought off both members of private party. So the numbers got to Sting eventually. Private party went for gin and juice. Sting counted into a scorpion death drop. He hit it as Matt hit the twist of fate at the same time, and that is what ended this chaos. Matt covered, uh, I believe it was uh, Isaiah Cassidy for the one, two, three, and that was it. Awesome fucking fun match that hopefully Jesse ends this Andrade family office and the Hardys feud, and we can move on to something else. I know next week they announced Darby Allen versus Andrade. That should be a certified fucking banger next week on Dynamite, but... I'm hoping this Hardy Boy shit with Andrade is over with. I hope Andrade can dump the Andrade family office at some point this summer and we can move on with both parties being a little bit better off in the end. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm, I'm hoping that they, they can see that this 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 thing has run its course and it's not working. No. It's not it's not benefiting anyone. Any, I mean, it would, I would at least be okay with it if it was help building Andrade, but it's not doing that either. So no. No, it's not. And actually, Andrade felt very important for the first time in his AEW run when he was challenging Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. That's when I'm like, all right, Andrade's coming into his own. He's uh, He got off to the same start as Miro. Miro got off to a very, very slow start. He transformed himself into what we saw Miro become, TNT champion, very dominating run. I was assuming that it was going to be the same for Andrade, but it never kind of materialized into that. And now he's right back to where he was before that great triple threat match that we saw on Rampage. So I don't know exactly what's going on. It almost feels like, and I don't really understand because they get most of what they do right. I don't know how they're fucking up with somebody like Andrade who, just looking at him, has everything you want in a pro wrestler, and he's one of the best pro wrestlers on the face of the earth. How do you fuck this guy up? I don't know, man. I mean, at this point, I would rather put him back with Dickie. And, and just and just reset everything about him. I mean, just you see, he came out, he started off with Vicky Guerrero. I mean, he has not elevated himself since then. It's, it's just, it's, I don't want to say it's getting like worse and worse and worse, but it's just not taking off. It's just not doing it, you know? I don't know what it is, but uh, Andrade definitely, to me anyway, in my personal opinion, deserves a lot better. Uh, we go from one tag team match to the next. Brian Danielson and John Moxley. They went on to defeat the Varsity Blondes tonight. Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. This is Brian Pillman Jr. This is with Julia Hart at ringside. Uh, so we got Danielson and Moxley pretty much taking it to the Varsity Blondes. This is uh, very academic here. There was no way that Danielson and Moxley were going to lose this thing. Uh, right at the stop, uh, we got both guys attacking the Varsity Blondes. Pillman escaped to uh, get out of the clutches of both Brian. And Moxley to tag in Griff Garrison. Moxley destroyed him with a German suplex. Danielson and Moxley continued to dominate through most of this match. Released German suplex and a pile driver on Brian Pillman. 
Got a near fall for uh, William Regal's guys. Garrison fired up on Moxley. The Blondes were able to hit something of, uh, I guess, something similar to a heart attack for a two-count. Double-team move. Danielson cut off the run with a Busaiko knee. And Moxley hit a paradigm shift before locking on a rear naked choke for the submission. And that was pretty much the end of that. Another dominating victory for William Regal's guys. We did not get the pleasure of seeing William Regal slap the shit out of somebody today, which was kind of sad. But Regal, he was there in the ring. Moxley cut a promo. He had a microphone. And he did speak to the crowd as the, the fans were chanting for Regal, Regal, uh, Regal, Regal. Uh, he said, it's a mark of excellence and a badge of honor to earn Lord William Regal's approval. He said, Danielson is his friend and the perfect wrestler. He said, they were forged in combat. He said, if anyone thinks they have what it takes to stand with them in the ring and ride with the three most sadistic individuals in the business, they are ready. He said, they're not giving out any free passes. He said, if someone steps up, they better reach deep down to where they like pain. He said, if someone wants a badge of honor from the Blackpool Combat Club, the only way to get it is the hard way. Danielson nodded with everything Moxley said, and that was pretty much it. They're going to run through every fucking tag team in this, in this division, aren't they, Jesse? Not. Eventually, get to. Fucking. <laughs> Jesse, no. you're, 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 now, now you're speaking, and there's long pauses of you talking and no sound, and now uh, it's uh, no static. Okay, how about now? Now I hear you. No long seconds apart. This 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 is all the Discord app, man. Because I, I I know why I know why I did that because I just changed something. It's uh, I'm I'm just verifying what I already think. It's all the Discord fucking server. Man. It is for sure. One thousand percent, bro. This is I mean I'm on the fucking mic that fucking Brighard sent me and everything else and when I do my own personal streams I don't get these fucking problems because I'm not using Discord. William Regal's so. guys, man, they're gonna run through every every tag team in this division, aren't they? They are, they are, man. They're gonna, I mean, they're gonna run straight through all the way to the Jurassic Express, you know, and and at that point they're gonna tear the fucking house down. So I mean, can't be fucking mad about that, you know. I'm excited for it. I mean, give them the fucking titles. I don't give a shit. I mean, if they, yeah. if this is the type of uh, this is the type of shit we're gonna get with these two guys on a weekly basis, I mean, just give them the titles. And I don't mean that to any. I don't mean that in any disrespect to Jungle Boy or or, or Luchasaurus or Jurassic Express at all. But you know, it, it's it's just too good to not really go all the way with. And uh, this is a once in a lifetime pairing. I mean, we didn't really expect Danielson and Moxley to be a team. When Moxley came in, we didn't expect Daniel uh, Danielson to be there. Danielson's there. We didn't expect them to be a team. So, I mean, it's one it's one of those mega super groups that uh, is definitely going to own everything in this tag team division and then eventually have a, a breakdown of sorts between themselves. And then we're going to get a big blow off. It, it's it's very stereotypical pro wrestling one-on-one. That, that's the type of shit I enjoy. And with these two guys, man, how good they are, it, it's going to be a great fucking fuck, uh, fun ride between these two. For sure, man. I mean, when they when we saw them, we saw Brian being teased with Mox. You know, no one really thought about them. Like, oh, they're gonna be a tag team. You know, we just saw the feud. 
And we got the match, you know, and it was fantastic. But I don't think anybody was really thinking about putting them as a tag team until Brian went out there and put that out there in the world. So, and since they have, man, it's, I mean, the possibilities, you know, they they can definitely turn the turn the the, the tag division upside down, you know. And and it's it's not like it's a bunch of easy guys to run through. That's gonna be a lot of good fucking matches to lead into that. Oh yeah. I love it. Can't wait to see what they uh, do with William Regal. And uh, William Regal, man, very, again, happy that he's here in AEW. Uh, MJF. MJF is back. MJF's got a microphone. So we sit down, we shut up, and we listen to what uh, the devil himself has to say to everybody in Austin, Texas. MJF made his way out to the ring with Sean Spears. Fans obviously gave him a bunch of shit. They had security guys standing in the aisleway so Wardlow could not come down and get a one-up on MJF after what MJF did to him last week in the TNT title match with Scorpio Sky. So MJF said Texas has as many brain cells as teeth, that being none. He told them to pipe down a little bit. He said regarding Wardlow, it was such a shame he couldn't get the job done last week. He said unlike Wardlow... He's actually a man of his word. And then MJF all of a sudden got the shut the fuck up chance, which I think is the holy grail of chance in pro wrestling because when that is being uttered and screamed at towards you, that means you are undoubtedly 100% grade A over. Oh. Nuclear heat, man. Nuclear heat. Becky, wish, wish, Becky Lynch wishes she could get that type of heel heat. Meanwhile, she's out, she's out here cutting fucking uh, Schmeagle promos on Monday Night Raw. Seriously. Love it. Shut the fuck up, Chance, by, uh, by the crowd in Austin towards MJF. He said he honors his business agreements. He said he's, he, he means it. And uh, when he said he could keep the TNT championship, he meant it if he won it, which is why it's su- such a shame he could not beat Scorpio Sky. He said he had Punk beat at Revolution just like he had him beat twice in Chicago, but he decided to cheat to win. So he moves on from Wardlow for a little bit, talks about CM Punk, said CM Punk cheated in the dog collar match, and I'm sitting there, Jesse, and I'm thinking to myself, MJF says CM Punk cheated, but he cheated in a match that obviously was a no-holds-barred bloodbath, (laughs) and there were no rules. So what exactly did CM Punk do to cheat when there were really no rules in the match? Yeah, I think you missed the irony in it. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> even, I, even if Punk did cheat, who's MJF to call I, someone else out I, for? I, I, I know, I have to call it out because I know the irony of it. So, But he said he decided to cheat to win. He said he doesn't know where or when, but there will be another match. Seeds planted. There's nothing said here that Tony Khan isn't already planting for it to grow into something bigger. There will be another match, MJF. He said, when there is, he will give him the most embarrassing loss of his entire career. Meaning, it will be MJF beating CM Punk for the AW World Championship. That's my prediction. He said, it won't be over until he attends his funeral and pisses on Punk's grave. Wow. I mean... For everybody that wants MJF to go to WWE, I mean, you ain't going to get this this shit over there on Monday nights. I mean, or Friday nights. I mean, come on now. That's great. 
And then Tony Schiavone's like, oh my God, get this guy out of here. Stop that. So MJF really pushing everybody's buttons. He asked the fans if they like Wardlow because they were chanting Wardlow's name. He, he's like, yes, I, I know you guys like Wardlow. That's because you're inbred. He says he's going to start calling Wardlow pig because he's a greedy little pig. Fans were chanting Wardlow, Wardlow even louder. He said if it wasn't for him, the fans wouldn't even know who Wardlow is. I made Wardlow. He said he has a beautiful roof over his head because of me. He took issue with Wardlow asking him to release him from his contract. He says he didn't sign a deal with a schmuck. He signed a deal with the devil. And all the devil's deals are ironclad. You thought you had it before? I'm about to make your life a living hell. If I tell you to jump, you will say, how high? And then I think the fans were chanting, Jesus, Jesus, because he said he's working for the devil. MJF then paused to listen to the fucking fans chant Jesus. He then said, I'm going to strap Wardlow to a cross like Jesus. How about that? He said if he decides to kick his skank mother out of his house, he won't say a thing because I own you, pig. I own you. He then leaned into the camera in the corner. Wardlow then all of a sudden came out marching to the ring. And Tony Schiavone said, thank God, on commentary. Wardlow was obviously stopped by the security guards here at ringside, but then was overwhelmed, and they took him down. More security guards came out and restrained Wardlow. There was like 10 guys on Wardlow. MJF says he doesn't work for AEW. He works for him, and MJF doesn't want you around here no more. That means you're trespassing. That makes you just like all these marks if they were to hop over the barricade and come at me. But don't you worry, you greedy little pig. I'm going to keep paying you. But I'm going to pay you to stay home week after week, month after month, year after year, until all these people forget you ever existed, until you wind up in the same place where you were when I signed you, an absolute nobody. So Jesse, MJF is pretty much going to uh, WWE, Wardlow, and they're going to give him the Mustafa, or MJF rather, is going to give him the Mustafa Ali treatment. Bro, I'm wondering if God is up there looking down at pro wrestling. It's like, why are these fucking people trying to start feuds with me? First, it was Vince McMahon. He booked Vince in a damn tag match. He's going to nail Wardlow to the cross, bro. And now this one. God, what a piece of shit, dude. What an asshole. Bro, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you, man, when he wins that world championship, can you imagine the fucking promo and the heat that will come when he's the world champion on that first Dynamite? Oh, my God, dude. dude. He's getting away with the shit that he's saying now, and he has nothing. When he's the world champion, he can literally do whatever he wants, and nobody's going to say shit to him. Man. Unbelievable. Wardlow agreed to learn on his own. He told security to drag him to the back. MJF told the securities to drag Wardlow to the back. Uh, MJF said he wanted to squelch some rumors. He said people are saying the pinnacle is over. But now that Wardlow is out of the way, they've never been stronger. He said next week with FTR in action, they're about to move up. And then Sean Spears then said, when you're in the pinnacle, you're always on top. Now... I don't know where they're going with this, Jess. Obviously, it's leading to MJF versus Wardlow at some point. Are they really going to keep Wardlow off of TV? Let's start with that. Are they going to keep Wardlow off of TV uh, via this quote-unquote contract uh, with MJF until we get the match and some sort of management decision is made to bring Wardlow back and sign him to an AEW deal? 
the, the cool part is they can if they want. Yeah. And, and and that's what I like about these about the bloated roster that everyone's been complaining about. Not, o- not only that, Jesse, they could keep him off TV. And when he comes back, he may be bigger than he than he is now. Yeah. Yeah, keep him away. If, I mean, if that's what they want to do, keep him away. Maybe he's got some projects to do or something to do with his personal life for a couple of weeks. Let MJF come out and rag on him in the meantime and then bring him back then and just have the, the crowd go batshit crazy for him. They could if they want to. They have that kind of that, that the roster is so deep they can they can let them, they can let storylines cook for a few weeks at a time without even touching them. So yeah, they can. And I don't mean why not. How about we put MJF in a fucking lucha mask or a wrestling mask and he comes out as a new AEW signee and then he obviously gets through MJF that way. Whoa, 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 whoa. Then people will complain that they're stealing WWE ideas. Well, who 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 did that in WWE? Um, Hogan did it as Mr. Oh. America fucking 20-some years ago or whatever. Well, Otis. Otis did that recently as well when he was still with Tucker Knight on TV and that whole feud with Mandy Rose. Remember that? No. Yeah, I remember the feud. I remember the feud, yeah. Yeah, he came out in a wrestling mask, yeah. Uh, or maybe he was with them. Chad Gable at that point. I have no fucking idea. He came out in a lucha mask, yeah. Yeah, it was, t- it was with Tucker Knight. They were still heavy machinery. He came out in a lucha mask because Otis, nope. uh, Otis got drafted to the other brand or some shit like that. Nope, nope, can't do it. People will complain. People will complain. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the darkest doldrums of Twitter will complain, bro. The, these people they, have no friends. They will complain, you know, and and that'd be funny. But it's, it's there's so many other cool things that they can also do with a storyline like that. But it, it just has to end with Wardlow finally being all elite, you know, you know. But kind of, I mean, did they already put that tweet out when it happened? I'm not sure. Maybe you should reference know. that. I don't know. I'm not good at researching in Twitter. I don't know how to. Dig deep into the, the the crates, into the old school tweets. Well, l- well, let me let me ask you: When they get to this match eventually, and, and you know it's probably going to end up happening at Double or Nothing in Vegas, does MJF suffer another loss on pay per view to sell this feud with Wardlow and put Wardlow over? Uh, what what happens there? I mean, I'm assuming after the Punk loss, MJF can't go on and lose another pay per view match. What would that do to his his overall vibe as far as him being? You know, one of the next guys to take the world championship if what we are discussing actually does happen. Well, Warlow's going to go on a tear. And, you know, he's going to go through Spears and, you know, anything else he has to go through to get to MJF. And then at the match, yeah, MJF is going to win. But it's, it's going to be by hook or crook or something like that. And um, interference, maybe in addition to the pinnacle, maybe FTR comes in. He seems to have made it a point to come out and say that you guys think FTR is gone, but they're not. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that uh, Pinnacle is gone, but they're not. So maybe the Pinnacle resurfaces you know, in form to save MJF. But yeah, MJF has to win that match, and Wardlow has to be made to, kept, be, to be look strong. So let's see how they book it. Do you think that MJF eventually will replace Wardlow in the pinnacle with uh, somebody else of equal size to Wardlow? I know we talked about this when we talked about Brian Cage re-upping his deal with AEW for how long? We don't know. I think it's a year. Tony Khan brings him back. Can you see someone like Brian Cage fill in for Wardlow being in the pinnacle, being that muscle for MJF and replacing Wardlow there behind FTR and Spears? I could see that. That would would work. Um... 
I'm not sure. It, it would seem like a, I don't want to say a backtrack or a regression, but it doesn't seem like a too much of a progression for Cage as far as what he started off doing here. And um, how do we reset that? Did they did they blow that off the Brian Cage exit from Team Taz? Um, I don't remember. He's been off TV since October, so my uh, my yeah. my mind is a little fuzzy there. Yeah, I forget how the exit went, but they they, they might have to finish with that. I mean, um. To put him back in another faction that hasn't been basically the quiet muscle, I don't know. I don't think it worked in Team Taz. I don't see it working again with a different faction. Let's try a diff- let's try something different with it. Um, but I could see it happen. I guess. I just, I mean, if you want Cage to get over and succeed, try something different. Don't do the same damn thing you did with a different faction. Well, I mean, Omos is not available right now, bro. So we have sl- we have slim pickings. Okay. Oh, well, we gotta figure something out then. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Damn. Uh, Tony Schiavone interviewed Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Orange Cassidy, and Wheeler, Utah. Schiavone asked about Regal slapping Utah. As Utah was about to talk, Beretta came over and said that he never liked Wheeler, Utah. He asked if he's going to repay the best friends by running off and joining William Regal's tough guy club. I'm done with you, Trent said to Utah. Utah said, listen, the feeling's mutual. I never liked you either. He says he's not trying to be the best friend he can be. He's trying to be the best wrestler he can be. You can either get that or you don't get that. And he walked away. So it looks like, uh, Jesse, whatever we talked about last week when Wheeler Yuta was slapped by William Regal, looks like uh, at some point, uh, Wheeler Yuta may end up taking William Regal up on his offer there. And we may get our first, uh, I guess, defection to the club here. And he's going to be brought to the school of hard knocks. And Brian and Moxley got their first people. Can't wait. You is going to be one of the pro wrestlers. <laughs> and eventually they're going to feud with the sports entertainers, probably blood and guts, like everybody's been saying. So, oh, um, is that, is that, where, where, where you've been hearing this? Uh, mostly our chat. Oh, really? The last time we mentioned it. Yeah. So they're really, the, the chat honestly thinks that they're going to set up a sports entertainers versus pro wrestlers type of deal here in AEW. I could see it. Yeah, yeah, man. I can see that sounds good. That sounds fun. I like it. Sounds good to me. We'll see what happens. But uh, Wheeler Yuta apparently is leaving the best friends, and he's no longer a friend to uh, Mr. Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, and Chuck Chuck Taylor. Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole's on TV again. Always a great night. He went one-on-one with Jay Lethal, who apparently, Jesse, is 10-2, and something along those lines. And he's ranked number three. In the AEW rankings. Yeah, he's been on the tear on Dark. He had that first L, but he's won everything since. He's been on a tear on Dark. Has he beat any notable names on AEW Dark? Uh, My mic cut out. Your mic cut out. Obviously, you don't remember. No, I remember, man. It just hasn't been anybody eventful, to be honest. Oh, there you go. You just answered your own question. Or you answered my question. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Adam Cole and Jay Lethal, obviously two ex-Ring of Honor guys. Uh, Adam Cole and Jay Lethal was a late addition to this show, which is never a bad thing. But this, honestly, to me, should have been the main event. It should not have been in the middle of the show. But Adam Cole made his ring entrance first, and he's incredibly over in Austin. He's incredibly over anywhere he is. Jay Lethal came out. He got a nice little reaction as well. And a nice little back and forth early on. Lethal hit the lethal combination, which is always great. Cole avoided a drop kick by Jay Lethal. Cole taunted. He was uh, he was met with an enziguri 
followed by some suicide dives. All of a sudden, Red Dragon comes out, and they are on the ramp, and we go to commercial break. Cole was in control during the commercial break. We come back from break. Lethal went for a figure four. That was counted into a pinning combination for a near fall for Lethal. Uh, they did it again and again and again a couple times there. On the third attempt, Lethal was able to lock up or lock it in on Cole. And Cole eventually got to the ropes. So we got a distraction by Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, which was, uh, I don't know why I found this so hilarious. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, they get on the ring apron and they got one leg in the ring and they're fucking juking and jiving everywhere, trying desperately in the most comedic way to get the uh, referee's attention. And I don't know why I laughed at it. I just thought it was very funny. Very, very charismatic is Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, especially when they're together. So I, I, I quite enjoyed that. But we got Red Dragon there. They're trying to distract. And this allowed Cole to roll up Lethal for a two. Lethal then countered the boom, lowered the boom into a cutter. Cole reversed the Lethal injection with a super kick out of midair, which looked fucking great. He then followed up with a Panama Sunrise for a near fall. Lethal kicked out. Lethal avoided the lower the boom and rolled up Cole. Red Dragon distracted the official again. Cole counted the lethal injection with a low blow and then lowered the boom for the one, two, three. Great counter there by Cole, not only with the end of the match, but he did get him uh, into a super kick in midair out of the lethal injection there earlier in the match, which was great. So Adam Cole wins one, two, three. And he beats Jay Lethal on Dynamite. After the match was over, Adam Cole said there is nobody on the planet who deserves to be the AEW World Champion more than him. He said he saw fear in Hangman's eyes last week when he was pinning Jungle Boy because he knows the man who's going to end his reign is him. He said Hangman caught lightning in a bottle. He's going to shove that bottle up his ass. He said he is a winner who brings the fight, whereas Hangman is a coward who doesn't have the guts to face the three of us man to man. And, I mean, that's the irony there, and that is, I mean, <laughs> just like MJF. So, Hangman came out, and fans were chanting cowboy shit. They went crazy for Hangman in Texas. Hangman stared at Cole. They went after Fish and O'Reilly. He was overwhelmed quickly, and he got a low blow from Adam Cole. So, Adam Cole is apparently going the AJ Styles route here. Remember when AJ Styles had that little moment for a little bit, Jesse, where he was low-blowing everybody, and nobody knew how to counter AJ Styles' low blow? Yeah, yeah, a whole lot of dick kicks in, yeah. <laughs> Adam Cole is utilizing the low blow. Cole picked up Hangman's AEW title. He looked at it. He cherished it, my precious. You know, he didn't pull a Becky Lynch, but you know, he admired the world championship. Christian Jungle Boy Luchasaurus ran out to make the save. Cole and his boys left with the title. Cole put the title over his shoulder, Jesse, and I will say this, Adam Cole looks fucking great with that AEW world title draped. Over his shoulder. Yeah, didn't he just jinx himself, though? He did jinx himself. He's wearing the championship without being the champion. So this in uh, Pro Wrestling 101, folks, means that Adam Cole is not winning the AEW World Championship. Oh, at least at least at his next crack at it. Well, yeah, at least at his next crack at it. But uh, he will be AEW yeah. champion at some point in his run. No question. Yeah. But uh, I'm excited. Probably even the next one. But it just... Wrestling lore 101, you touch that title and wear it like it's yours before you want it, and you're going to lose it at the next match. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, what they got going on with these two again. I know people will complain, oh, well, there's a rematch, and JD's not complaining about it. If it happened in the E, then he would be all over it. But uh, this is not the E. 
and they do things a little bit differently. There's uh, th- th- this match is going to be spaced out. It's not going to be happening fucking five times before we get to the eventual championship match. And Adam Cole's not going to beat Adam Page in a fucking championship contenders match to become number one contender. You know how he's going to be number one contender, you fucking cretins? He's going to win matches like he did tonight. And then he's going to get another championship match against Adam Page. How about that one? I love, the, I love these people, man. They get the same match literally eight to nine times in a row and they'll defend it. But then you get a rematch in AEW and then the first thing they want to say is, oh, let's see the, let's see the marks complain now. I don't, think, I don't think they understand why we complain about WWE. Monday Night Raw think, had four rematches on Monday night. Yet I got, I got to, oh my God, this was one of the best Raws of the year. What the fuck are you watching? Holy yeah. shit. Jesus, man. I don't get it. I just don't get it, man. But JD, the little hobbitses, you know, then I got to hear that. Never going to let that one down, folks. There's going to be a fucking running gag on the show for a little bit. Every time we see Becky Lynch, every time we see Becky Lynch, at least until she loses that title at WrestleMania. Or until she does something else even more cringe. Jesus Christ, man. What was, uh, why couldn't she pick somebody else from Lord of the Rings to fucking emulate, man? Why couldn't she emulate smog? Huh? You know the dragon that slept in the, the dragon that slept in the mountain that fucking was buried on the all, all underneath all the gold coins. Remember him? Right? He was fucking beast, man. One of my favorite movie scenes of all time, man, with him and and uh, Bilbo. There, off. Uh, it was awesome. Or she could try being original and creative. It honestly makes me think that she was never good at all after what we heard. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to get started on the Becky Lynch rant, man. I, I I may get canceled by the end of the night. I don't know. Somebody may cancel me. Oh, JD didn't like Becky's glasses. I don't like Still a lot of not. shit. I don't like a lot of shit. You know what I don't like? I don't like Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti on my TV, bro. Uh, parading around with their relationship. Yeah, it is. It is so cringe, dude. I um, mean, uh, I mean, listen. I I enjoy both. I don't want to. I don't want to come off disrespectful, man, but uh, you know, they may somebody may be watching. I don't want to I don't want to upset anybody. But uh can can we kind of scale back on that? Seriously. You know, I don't want I don't want to put it out there. I don't want to be negative, but you know, my overall feeling, Jesse, is that Sammy is great. And every time he's in the ring, it's going to be fucking great. He's just got he's just got one of those those vibes about him that he's must see, but my interest in Sammy has kind of dwindled with uh, Tay Conti being paired on TV with him. And I guess I wouldn't mind it if we didn't see it every fucking day on Twitter and every week on a, on a vlog. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm not going to tell anybody how to live their life. But I do think that uh, them being paired and throwing it out in the universe that they're uh, madly in love. It's not really a, uh, a positive as far as fan uh, interaction and fan interest in them. Did you notice the 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 very very lukewarm reaction at parts that they got, especially when Conti uh, was on the microphone? Yes, I did. Uh, I think it's I think it's starting to trickle into the live crowds. I... They need to do something about this, man. It's gonna get out of control quickly. Turn them heel or something or whatever. I mean, but. Somehow they've matched that the relationship mess with their on-screen characters. They got to fix it, man. Yes, it has. And I did notice that. Uh, I noticed that almost immediately. Uh, Sammy tried to get a holy shit chant out of Austin, and it was a very lukewarm holy shit chant because he mentioned something about him going into the ring, and it's going to make fans who paid their money to see him wrestle 
stand up and say, holy shit. There was a very lukewarm holy shit chant for Sammy Guevara. Not really uh, the overwhelmingly enthused crowd. And that's kind of the point I wanted to make. Uh, It is bleeding into the live audiences now from what we see on social media. And if there's anything uh, that this fan knows, they're very in tune with the product and everything that's going on with the brand and the company. And when you got uh, two people like this parading around like they are, it's not going to come off in a good way. And most people are going to going to look at it as cringe. Yeah, man. If, I mean, if somehow they're listening or if they get wind of this, I mean, I just want to put it out there. I've been nothing more than the biggest, you know, semi Guevara fan. Likewise. And, and even Tay Conti, I've, I've, I've sang her praise. I think she's elevated herself. I think mm-hmm. she's gotten better. She's proven that she's willing to work and to put in, you know, big time matches when she needs to. And that's a beautiful thing, you know. And um, but I think just the way I, I think it was a, is all a combination of Sammy bringing Pam out and proposing to Pam and getting the fans invested in Pam every week on his vlog and things like that. And then suddenly, you know, the real life stuff happens. You know, look, people break up all the fucking time, dude. It happens. But when you add that breakup, the way that it did. You know, they was kind of a sketchy. I mean, I mean, I'm sure they could admit that at least at least to the, the way it came off to the public and the way that they have just been just kind of cringe, kissy face with each other on the vlog and on Twitter and stuff like that. People are getting kind of tired of it already. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's I, pro- that seems to be the universal consensus, though. It's just it's just not coming off as cute and cuddly. It's kind of coming off as I don't know. I don't think everybody agrees with it. It seems like a good heel turn could probably fix it. Probably turn them heel and play into the whole damn thing. And maybe it'll all get fixed. But if they just stay the course and try to continue to be these white beat baby faces, it's going to backfire on them big time. It's already starting right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting that sense. And and hopefully it doesn't deteriorate to uh, something uh, a lot worse uh, in the weeks and months to come. But they're out there, and obviously they got their issue with Dan Lambert and American Top Team. He said he's heard forever that bumps will catch up to him, says Sammy, but it's all worth it because of you people. He said the fans are everything he wanted in this business until now. Tay Conti said that now they want payback. Bitch, she means to Paige Van Zandt, you're going to get your ass kicked like you did your whole fighting career. Sammy called Paige Van Zandt and uh, a partner of her choosing to come and wrestle them tonight in the ring. Out comes Dan Lambert with all ego Ethan Page, who just signed a new deal with AEW, uh, as reported by Fightful. So, congratulations to him. Uh, Sky is out there as well with the TNT Championship. And Dan Lambert is wearing the interim TNT Championship again. He said, Ethan is the only thing Canada has gotten right in who knows how long. Lambert then touted Sky for not having lost a match since Tony Khan hit puberty over a year ago. He called Conti... Lucha Horus. How many people on social media now want to cancel with with me, alongside me, Dan Lambert? I thought that line was fucking fantastic. Lucha Horus, says Dan Lambert, Jesse. There we go. Putting Sammy Guevara and (laughs) Conti in a segment with Dan Lambert while they're getting this kind of heat already, bad move. Bad move. (laughs) Lambert is going to fucking bury them, dude. Much like the way he did Brandy. Well, I mean, he's got endless fucking material. 
Yeah, I mean, bad move. You're making Lambert the fucking baby face here, man. Once again. I mean, Lambert is very fucking vicious at what he does. You got to put him in there with a top-notch baby face to get the right dynamic that you're looking for with him. You can't put him out there with somebody who's on the fence of getting booze because that's going to give them exactly what they want, bro, because he is vicious on the goddamn mic. Yes, chat. He said Lucha Horus, not with an H, with a W, meaning whore. <laughs> he called he, he called Tay Conti a whore. Okay, so this is typical Dan Lambert. This is what he does. Sky and Ethan laughed at the prospects of fighting Guevara. They didn't even entertain them. They just turned away and left and went right through the hill tunnel. Sammy says, I know we've been living rent-free in your head since you got here. If you only... And by the way, before I continue this next line, uh, Dan Lambert, when they left, he kissed the TNT interim championship as he's wearing it. And he said, if you only knew... What Tay and I did while wearing that belt, we now live in your mouth, too. Dan Lambert dropped the belt and was grossed out. He then picked it back up by the end of the strap like it was fucking diseased, and he went right back through the tunnel. Uh, The fans, again, weren't that into Sammy. They weren't even into uh, that nice one-liner there by Sammy, again, parading around with uh, Tay Conti and what uh, they do in their extracurricular activities but, uh, I mean, the fans just weren't into uh, Sammy at all. And obviously, I think, uh, like Jesse and I had already discussed, that actually came off a little obnoxious. I don't think this is going to work out, to be honest with you. Unmute yourself, bro. Sorry, I forgot. That line, that line was fucking, I think that was a bad spot for that line. It was... It was such a disgraced and and a and a frowned upon thing when the photos and the details came out of the original NXT championship title belt and what it went through with Paige. So to put that out there that you know it could possibly have happened here, it was I, I don't know. I'm not one to 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 say stuff like this, but that that just came off as tasteless on TV for the title, at bro, least at least for the title's sake. Bro, you know? bro, what we're what we're looking at here is Cody is now going to the E. Brandy is doing uh, shot of Brandy on some uh, TV network now. Congratulations to her. You know when when Tony Khan thought he got rid of Cody and Brandy and the heat that Brandy brought to TV, not in a good way. He he now has the new Cody and Brandy in Sammy and Tay. I don't think that's a good thing at all. No, no, it's not. It, it's it's attention and it's heat, but it's the wrong heat. It really, really, really is. They they need to quickly do something about that. Um, and the fans are not going to be quick to forget all of this. So they should just go ahead and turn them, get them a little heel run, and they can always turn back. Guys, you can always turn back. But the more you come out there, the worse this is going to get. This is going to turn into booze across every city you go to um, quickly. Quickly, quickly, quickly. They should go ahead and turn them and keep them together. Keep them together as a couple. Make it into like an edge leader type deal. Yeah. You yeah. know, around the, you know, the last sex celebration type era. It can work. Yeah. You know, it, it can definitely fucking work, but they can't stay the court like baby faces like this. No, no, no. Their sex capades as baby faces is never going to work, man. Nobody wants to hear about no. what the fuck they do uh, in the bedroom. Uh, that, that shit's yeah. going to be dead uh, w- within the blink of an eye. If you want this to yeah. work, like you said, I mean, it's a cheap way out. It's always uh, an easy fix to turn somebody heel when they're getting lukewarm reactions like this. And it obviously would work uh, work wonders for uh, both uh, Sammy and Tay if they wanted to go that route. 
but yeah. they may actually have to go there because they're not going to get over it as as what they it's not going to work out the way that they want. No, yeah. it is. It is not. It really is not. Um, it works out for the best. I mean, they can keep they, they can keep the um, well get the title back. Well, they they probably need to get the title back to get an effective heel turn in. And while they're feuding with America's top team, I'm. Man, do you really want them to take the titles from Scorpio Sky? I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You know, so not the way I mean, Sam, so, not the way Sammy's coming off right now. No, no, no. I don't. Man, I, I hope they come up with something. I mean, if they can figure out something that'll work to keep them babyface, find them all for it. If not, they're gonna have to do a heel turn. I, I hope they can see the writing on the wall here. You know, uh, take Conti going out there and, and tagging herself as the next Brandy doesn't help at all. No, that didn't help at all. You know, she was out there and adding Brandy and Cody, like, all oh, all your haters are now looking at me. What the fuck, man? Yeah. <laughs> this is your fault, yeah. not the fans. Come on. Yeah, a little less a little less uh, of that and uh, just more in the ring and, and being who you were before uh, this whole Sammy relationship got itself involved uh, universally on, on social media. Um, yeah. Swerve and Ricky Starks, that was announced for AEW Rampage for the t- uh, FTW title. Uh, I'm assuming uh, Swerve can't lose this match unless he wins by DQ. Uh, what, what do you see happening there, Jesse? You see Swerve uh, starting off his AEW run as the FTW champion? No, no. Um, what about this though? What if it's a? What if it's the first big Swerve? What if he joins Team Taz? Well, I'm not. I don't think that's going to work out. I don't think he's joining Team Taz. What I do think uh, ends up happening is we get Starks and Hobbs. Versus Swerve and Keith Lee in a tag team match. I think that's the, that's the safest route to go. That works. And no, I'm not a fan of anyone losing their debut match. No, you know, I didn't. I didn't like it when Jay Lethal did it. I'm still not happy that it happened. Well, this this this, this theoretically wouldn't be his debut match. He beat Tony Nese on Rampage a couple weeks ago. So yeah, so he can't <laughs> lose a debut match. <laughs> so, bro, why are you disrespecting but, my boy Tony Nese for him from Long Island, bro? What, what are you doing? Oh, you wish you could have fucking 12-pack abs like Tony Nese, bro. Give me a break. Yeah. I wish I could have a one-pack of fucking, Tony's 16. Nese, Nese looks fucking fantastic, bro. I just... I don't know, man. I just don't think Tony Nese is going to have that gimmick to break out, man. He, he don't, he's not going to have the gimmick that matches his his body and his in-ring skill, man. I don't know. But the guy can go. I can, Nobody can take that from Nese, man. The guy can go. He's just boring. Bro, did you Just hear boring. did you did you hear B Fab and top dollar, zero dollar, negative dollar, dollar tree? Uh he 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 said and she said that uh they would uh welcome back a return to WWE. Of course they would. <laughs> I heard top Kanye dollar. would welcome Kim Kardashian back too. Top dollar, man. Where's he go? <laughs> you, you think Swerve's gonna bring in top dollar, bro? We're gonna see uh we're gonna see AJ Francis in, in AEW. Fuck no, man. I heard they. I heard they have uh, forever heat with the Bucks for the the crap on Twitter a while back. Well, I don't. Know, maybe maybe Top Dollar should go to a fucking actual wrestling school and learn how to wrestle before he wants to join a wrestling promotion. I think that's step one. Seriously, I think you should stop ripping on Top Dollar. He's not that bad in the ring. He's okay. Says who? The manager at Foot Locker. I don't want to get. I don't want to get blocked by him on Twitter. Man. I want to see what else he posts. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense, bro. And uh, AJ Francis don't make sense. Taking a uh, line from my boy Cashflow, Ken Broadway. Yeah. Low yeah, rent, top dollar. 
Anyway, moving on. You know, I, I think it's funny about him Flop that he, he he goes around and posts these pictures. Like he well, and he posted the pics of him and KRS One and everything else. He posted it to the community, and he even tagged it. Like it, basically, he's trying to prove to everyone that he's you know he's trying to go around and say and like oh man you know you guys say I can't rap but look KRS One said I did like. Bro, why are you are you trying to prove this to us or yourself? Listen, if you know you're dead. Why are you trying to prove it to us? Listen, bro. If if, if AJ Francis wants to come to AEW, man, I, I'm a, I'm a creative genius. I could give him a great shtick in, in AEW. Oh. He doesn't have to be paired with Swerve. We'll rename him Top Jabba. Oh no. He just come out looking like the Brooklyn Brawler, bro, and he can rap. He can be a rapper underneath the bridge in New York City. How about that? No, I don't appreciate you ripping on Top Dollar. He is awesome. Why? Because he buys fucking merchandise and toys and memorabilia on fucking A&E? He does? Yeah, he's got that WWE show. That he he's on that show? Yes, he is. I didn't know that. Yeah? I've never, I never watched a single episode of the show. I just see the commercials for it and the people that they have on it. I'm like, oh, they're on it? They're on it? I didn't know Top Dollar did it, too. Whatever. Well, that, that's what they said. And Swerve is wrestling Ricky Starks on Rampage. Enough uh, ragging on top dollar, man. He may uh, he may unblock me and fucking show up at House of Lori one day and fucking pound me into the ground. Uh, legit Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet. The one token women's match on this show wasn't all that entertaining. This was clearly the uh, come down match for the night and the bathroom break for most. Big fan of Red Velvet is Jesse and I. Layla Hirsch, not so much. She's just, she is not legit. Why is she on TV? Bro, so much? she's boring. Where's Serena Deeb? Where's Mercedes Martinez? She is boring, bro. Legit Layla Hirsch is boring. Not saying and that's uh, that she's bad. It, nobody cares. It's like me, it's, like, it's, like, it's like me watching Rhea Ripley on Monday Night Raw, bro. Well, what could have been? You know, I'm sorry. It's like it's like uh, it's like us watching Shayna Baszler on Monday Night Raw. Remember what she was? What happened? I just don't care anymore. Bro, I would rather see Sheeta come out and try to kick Serena Deeb's ass again. Yeah, I would like I would, that too. I, would yes. rather. I mean, yes. I'm just, I don't get why we keep seeing Layla Hirsch. You know, when a couple of weeks, they tried to ignore the fact she was from Russia. They wouldn't even say she's from Listen, man, there's only, there's only things, the, 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 the two things that are legit, bro, is Becky Lynch is garbage and she's cringe and SmackDown is awful. And WWE is shit. Three things that are legit in my life, okay? And legit Layla Hirsch is not one of those things. I mean, she's not legit, like you said. No, man. She, yeah. she's, she's not very entertaining. No. Um, there are so many other things they can be doing right now with the women's division. Now, I don't know if someone's dealing with injury or whatever the case, but I'm not too sure why I am not seeing Mercedes Martinez and Serena Deeb every week on Dynamite right now. I don't know. Apparently, they wanted to uh, blow this storyline off. So, uh, Hirsch tried to use a turnbuckle tool like she did uh, a couple of times now. Ref caught her, took it away. She had another tool in her trunks, and she hit Red Velvet with it as the ref was getting rid of the first tool. She scored a three count off of cheating. So, she is legit Layla Hirsch, bro, but she cheated to win the match. We've already seen her hit... We've already seen her attack Velvet with the turnbuckle piece, man. Multiple times. Why? I don't know. Why, man? We do not need to sit. No. This this, this show would have been better off without a women's match. And I I don't mean any disrespect, but this was a waste of time. 
uh, people would have complained about that. I'm sorry. Well, let them uh, let them cry to the fucking void. I, I it meant nothing to anybody. And Statman was so so. You know so where's people, Ruby Soho, so, bro? Where's is Ruby on dark? Where where's she Ruby, at? Ruby is Ruby is is religiously on dark. Why isn't For she Scooby. on fucking dynamite? Why aren't we I, seeing Ruby Soho versus Red Velvet? I don't know. I've been saying that on the dark reviews. Like, why is she not on TV more? You know, and, and Chris Statlander. You know, people have been asking me what I think about this Chris Statlander gimmick change. Here's my here's my here's my here's my official response to that. What gimmick change? She's wearing black and she's wearing a little bit less makeup now. That's it. So she that's, she 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 she's turning into the AW version of Rhea Ripley. She's I mean, I'm welcome to a change, but she what is the change? She's still a best friend. She's wearing black and she's still wearing some makeup. She wears a black uh she wears black uh leather. Or she wears a black what'd she come out tonight? A black uh, a black tank top she came out and jeans. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of like the Rhea Ripley gimmick change. They they slightly changed their clothes and left everything else the same. And then they say, oh, there's a gimmick change. Uh, ah, we're going to change your gimmick. We're going to turn you into uh, a regular human being who wears black clothing. Oh, I'm sorry. Hula Grimm said they, that, that she darkened her hair, too. So now there you go. She darkened her hair and she now wears black clothing. And now she, this is a gimmick change. This is not a gimmick change. Hopefully this is a slow morph, but this is not a gimmick change. This is just, she just got a new outfit. Listen, man, it's not going to be, it's not going to take Chris Statlander all that much time and all that much effort to be more intriguing and interesting than Rhea Ripley. So whatever she's doing, man, it's not going to be that difficult. I wasn't, I I wasn't, I had no problem with the full-blown alien gimmick. You know, it just wasn't doing anything. Like, like that she... After her run with Britt Baker, Statlander has literally done nothing of importance. Nothing. So, I mean, I don't know why not. I mean, they could have continued it. They could have continued to push her, but they wanted to give her a little bit of a change. Okay. I mean, I don't think she needed a change, but a little bit of a, but a gimmick change is not going to But then all they did was change her clothes and her hair and then put her back in nothing's different and she's not feeling any more special or any different they need to do more chris statlander man i agree we'll see what happens man i don't know where this is going but she's got uh, a little bit of uh, an attitude change this is not a gimmick change more of an attitude change for chris statlander jade cargill julia, julia hart has undergone more of a gimmick change than chris statlander and all she did was put an eye patch on and stop being bubbly but it's already a change in her gimmick you know what i'm saying her gimmick is nowhere near the same. She was the cheerleader with pom-poms jumping out in the skirt. Now she's coming out sad with an eye patch. The gimmick is different. Statlanders is not different. She's just got on a different outfit. And we'll see what happens with both. I don't know. Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling are in the back with Tony Schiavone. Sterling said, Jade wants to talk about their post-match celebration that they have planned. We need money falling from the ceiling, she says. She wanted green Lamborghinis. She wanted uh, strippers and uh, 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 a section for her peoples. Sterling said that there will be a celebration and it will be fit for a queen. And I don't know when this celebration is happening. Maybe on uh, Dynamite next week, Jesse. But apparently they're making a big deal about Jade being 30-0. and 0. Now, 30 is a nice round number. So is 50. 
I don't think they get to 50 because I don't think there is going to be another 20 people that Jade could actually run through. Do we see... Who the fuck challenges her for the championship, number one? And do we see the next challenger possibly come in making a debut, crashing this big money celebration here by Jade Cargill? You're muted. I don't know, but... um... Jade has mentioned Thunder Rosa twice now. Yeah. Twice now. I don't remember her mentioning Britt Baker much at all. But the second Thunder Rosa became champion, she was quick to say, um, um, I beat that motherfucker already. Well, I'm going to take a page out of your book then. That match doesn't make sense and uh, you are better off not booking it. Yeah, exactly. I 100% agree. Don't book this match. <laughs> I think somebody big comes in to win it. I think we see Ember Moon or uh, whatever she's going by now, Athena or Athena. Uh, Tony Athena's, Storm, maybe. Athena's, right? Athena's coming in. Athena's coming in for sure, man. Probably, I mean, I don't know when, but I'm sure Athena's coming in. So Tony Storm is making enough money off of people like you. So who knows when she's coming? Whoa, whoa, whoa. In. Listen, don't put, don't listen, man. Don't spread rumors about me that are uh, obviously untrue, man. I am not a subscriber to uh, Storm's uh, business inquiries over here. No. I don't know what you're talking about. You know how much money she made, bro? Well, of course. Yeah, why don't we ask Ryan Satin? I'm sure he knows. You you paid it. I'm sure you know. Oh, let's ask Ryan Satin who wants to blast the fucking woman's uh, financials on social media. The fuck does he know about starting OnlyFans, man? Maybe (laughs) the only way he gets any social interaction with women while uh, they're uh, out and about is at a fucking grocery store shopping for fucking green beans, Ryan Satin. Well, how does he know how much she made? Because he's a fucking stalker, that's why. Oh, hello, madam. How much is the broccoli today? Is it organic? Do you have an OnlyFans? How much do you make? I'd love to inquire. I need to tell my barber. He's a big wrestling fan who got back into the scene because Bad Bunny wrestled at WrestleMania. God. $40,000, apparently, he he reported. So what does the $20 sub get you, Evan? I don't know, man. I'm not on there. A picture, a video. Good answer. Good answer. Okay. Yes, I don't know. Thought I got you for a second there. No, no, no. I think either either Tony or uh, Athena. I'm saying Athena for sure. Yeah, that's what she's going by in the indies right now. Um, Speaking of the women, Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa. Shout out to Thunder Rosa if she's listening. New women's champion. Uh, she came out, nice ovation in Austin, Texas. All of a sudden, before she even said anything in this interview with Tony Schiavone, the most unpleasant sounds a human ear could possibly ever listen to is Vicky Guerrero. She comes out. She interrupts Rosa with that fucking gargoyle-esque voice. Sounds like she should be on the top of a fucking building in Gotham City instead of coming out and interrupting Thunder Rosa. Vicky Guerrero interrupted Thunder Rosa. Vicky said Texas is her state, not Rosa's. She told her to take her green card and return to Mexico. Rosa then said she got her U.S. citizenship in the state of Texas. Vicky then just screamed, excuse me, excuse me. And out of nowhere comes Nyla Rose jumping Thunder Rosa from behind. Vicky said that Rose is a real champion and she's hungrier and thirstier for the title than ever before. Rose uh, then bashed Rose's head into the floor and pointed at the women's championship that was laying on the ground next to Thunder Rose's 
unconscious body. Not a fan, Jesse. Not a fan. Why is it always that Nyla Rose is the first challenger for anybody that is the new women's champion? Why? Is, is, that, is that fact? I don't know if that's I, fact. Sounds like it feels like it to me. Didn't it happen to Britt Baker? happened the same thing happened to Britt Baker? I don't know. I don't have a problem with Nyla. I'm not a fan of her, but I don't have a problem with Nyla. Vicky is Vicky is my my fan right there. That's that's my fan uh, fan girl, man. Um, I don't know because she's you know like Nyla's the fucking gatekeeper for the women's that's, division. Huh? It's like Nyla's the gatekeeper for the women's division. Yeah, she's like the you know Baron Corbin, you know. You know, when you come from NXT to the main roster, you you have to feud with Baron Corbin. Nobody uh, wants to be Baron Corbin, by the way. No, no, not at all. No. I don't know. It seems like that. I don't know. Maybe Nyla's just in that position. You know, she keeps herself looking dominant and strong. So you know, her putting someone over it, it does mean something, I guess. But I don't know. I guess I kind of feel you on that. If he's constantly like the gatekeeper of the first, you know. Of the well, did Sheeta Sheeta face Nyla first? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. So maybe, uh, you maybe you're right. I'm not sure. I don't know, man. But, it doesn't it doesn't interest me. I mean, Thunder Rose is just good at what she does, so I'm gonna overlook it. But uh, I mean, to get somebody's reign started off in, in that way with Vicky Guerrero screaming and screeching, excuse me, not really what I had planned for Thunder Rosa or what what I had in mind for Thunder Rosa, but you know. I hope I hope within this time, now that she won the championship and when we get to the, the Owen Cup and we get through the spring and summer months, I hope Tony Khan is really going to now focus, because everything else is working on all cylinders. I, I hope he really focuses on the women's division because they need some major names to come in there. Aid Rose with her title reign. Jade needs some competition. We can't keep running through the same cast of characters because it's eventually going to get boring and then that's going to kind of make Rose's title run feel flat. And, and I don't want that as an end result. Nah, nobody does. Nobody does. But again, we've said this a lot. Let's see where they go. Let's see where they go with it. I don't, I don't believe that um, this may have been Thunder Rose's first choice, per se, of her first opponent. But we'll see. Let's see where it goes. Uh, let me uh, let me uh, listen. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get too bent out of shape. Let me pull it out of my pocket. Uh, let it play out. Oh, there, God, there you no, go. Yeah, I, I, had it, I had it in my pocket, bro. I, I, I forgot. I, I'm gonna use my uh, my one and only today. Let it play out. Oh God, yeah, man. You never know. Let it play out. Let's see. Give uh, it a, so give yeah, it a chance, man. Them. Give it a chance. They they are teasing the Jay Cargill thing. Maybe be a title unification match. Oh, well, I don't know what the women uh, are going to vie for in the Owen Cup, so maybe we get uh, a title match coming out of that for double or nothing. I have no idea. No, I have no idea. I don't know. We got Jericho. Jericho Appreciation Society in the main event with uh, Daniel Garcia and Chris Jericho taking on John Silver, Johnny Hungy, and Alex Reynolds. Decent little match here with the Dark Order. Silver started with Jericho at the start. He took Jericho out with a high kick, sent him out to the floor. He and Reynolds hit a tope suicina brain buster combination on the outside. Dark Order was in control here. Jericho, all of a sudden, I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? All of a sudden, he kicks the ring steps loudly and sold it as if the Dark Order tossed him into the steps. This is sports entertainment, folks. Right there. So, Aubrey Edwards threw out the Dark Order, got rid of them. 
Reynolds started to come back. He was being beaten down. Jericho went for a line salt. Reynolds rolled out of the way. Silver reached for the uh, big tag. Hot tag here. Silver took out uh, Jericho members on the outside and eventually ran into Jericho uh, and got a code breaker for his troubles. Garcia was in control here. Reynolds got a blind tag. Dark Order uh, hit some double-team moves. Great combination here by uh, both Johnny Hungy and Alex Reynolds. Jackknife pin went for a near fall. Silver took outs. Some of the members of Jericho's group, but was caught by Hager, who slammed him on the floor. Garcia grabbed the official as Jericho struck Reynolds with Floyd the baseball bat. Garcia then slapped on the Scorpion Deathlock for the submission, and that is the way the show went off the air. Rather unceremoniously went off the air. This match should have been uh, probably somewhere in the middle of the show. They should have put something in the main event spot that was a little bit more storyline-driven. Uh, this was a uh, thrown-together match just to continue getting the Jericho Appreciation Society over. But listen, Jericho's doing his thing. I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. And the sports entertainers are uh, going to be built up to uh, hopefully, like Jesse said, like I said, go up against the pro wrestling faction of William Regal and company. So that is everything that happened on Dynamite tonight. Awesome show. Awesome show. Anything you'd like to add before we get to the Super Chats, Jesse? No, man. I mean... Once again, another entertaining show. Couldn't ask for much more. And see where they go from here. I you know, I, I am kind of wondering, you know, what's going on with the women's division, you know, on both title ends. You know, how do we, where do we go from here type deal? But let's see, let's see how it plays out. You know, let's let's see how it goes. I don't know what they're going to do with Jay Cargill. Someone has to fucking beat her and get this shit over with. Yeah. There's no way she makes it to 50, you know. I thought they were going to go all the way to 50, you know. I think 30, you know, is a nice number to have her lose. I really yeah. do. Anyway, guys, thank you uh, very much for joining us on the AEW Dynamite post show right here on Off The Scripts. It's been a rather slow week, slow month. Have WWE to thank for that. They've elicited no excitement in anything they've done, and it's just kind of trickled down to everything else. But it will pick up. And WrestleMania will be here in a week, and there will be plenty of live streams. I'll be a very busy bee over the next uh, week or so, so hopefully you guys stick it with Off The Script. I got you covered on legitimately everything. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We got 820 likes in the chat. We need 1,000 minimum for the live stream chat, so we need another 180 likes. Can we do that? So for everybody in the chat that has not hit the thumbs up, please go and do that for me. I would really, really appreciate that. Follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Also, continue to hit that join button down below. Become a VIP right here on OTS. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, including the Monday Night Raw and NXT live stream post shows on OTS. Wednesday Adams with a 449 Super Chat. Is it Wednesday yet? Because it's my special day. My day brings us a very good day of wrestling, like AEW, on other days of Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. Yes, we all love Wednesday, Wednesday Adams. Thank you. I'm glad we could really have fun on your day of the week. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Kenny Omega or Roman Reigns? Who's better? Depends on which statistic or what you're comparing between the two. Roman Reigns. I'm going with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has been virtually untouchable since he won the Universal Championship. 
Nate with a 199 Super Chat. Should blood and guts take place this year? Yes. It just needs a good story going into it. Tony Brown with a 999 Super Chat. What's up, my boy, Tony Brown? Red Velvet, I'd lick like cake batter. Oh, my goodness. Jesus fucking Christ, Tony Brown. Is Get your, your mind out of the gutter, Tony Brown. What happened? Is that your booty meat guy? That is uh, Tony Brown. He loves the booty meat. Yes. There you go. Okay. Rick O'Shea. Nice to see you back in the chat, Rick O'Shea. $4.99 Super Chat. JD, if required, what AEW wrestler would you give a Tom Jones song to as an entrance? And what song? I vote what's new, pussycat, for Griff Garrison. Bro, I don't listen to Tom Jones. Do I look like I listened to Tom Jones, bro? I couldn't name you one Tom Jones song if I tried, if my life depended on it. Maybe Jesse's a Tom Jones guy. I don't know. Apparently, but with that facial reaction, he is not. Okay, moving on. Thank you, Ricochet. Mel's Matt Chat with a $10 super chat. Hey, JD and Jesse, thank you, Jesse, for following me on Twitter. Hopefully, JD does the same. I will be 40, May 10th. Love you both. Love Wednesday nights. Obviously, now give me a liquid death ice cold. Yum. Everybody loves liquid death, man. I don't know why Liquid Death isn't sponsoring me, Liquid Death. Make you a lot of money, Liquid Death. I've never had one. Monday Night Raw is like Liquid Death. It's poisonous. Mel, thank you so much. Michael Raymond with the $5 Super Chat. Yo, Jerry, what if we had Silver consume the evil of the House of Black and he pins Hangman clean? John Silver pinning Hangman clean? What are you on, drugs, bro? This isn't a video game, Michael Raymond. Get your mind out of the gutter. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. I'm no perv, young Jesse. See what you started now, bro. Now, now Tony Brown thinks you think he's a perv. Straight. You think this Tony dude comes in here every week looking for booty meat, and somehow I'm the reason people are gonna think he's a perv? Bro, bro, do you think Tony Brown is subscribed to Tony Storm's OnlyFans? No, I think you are. I think she probably has three or four subscribers totaling $40,000, and most of it is coming from your pocket. Y yes, because I I'm going to blow my hard-earned money on uh, on Juice Robinson's woman, right? Yes. Sure. Yes. And whatever yes. you say, bro. I'm going to blow $40,000 on Lee Johnson, Julia Hart, and Thunder Rosa in a three-on-one handicap match against you. Now, that's something I paid for. That that would be a total of eighty grand you will have spent because you definitely spent forty on Tony Storm. Yes, this fucking guy, unique butterfly with a five dollar super chat. Tomorrow is my birthday, and what a delightful and entertaining dynamite for my birthday eve. Unique butterfly, thank you so much for the five dollars and happy belated or not belated, happy early birthday. Or it may be your birthday now. I don't know. Tomorrow, when I started, it was yesterday. Tonight is now twelve twenty three. Maybe it's tomorrow. Whatever the case may be, Unique Butterfly, happy birthday. Give Unique Butterfly in the chat some birthday cake emojis. MGM Ballin with a 499 Super Chat. Can't wait to see what incel Gareth has to say about this show. Bro, listen. Do not utter that name here ever again. This is the fucking geek that got the cancel JD from NY hashtag going. As they pulled up something that I said back in November. Wow, man, it's fucking March 23rd, and you're already pulling out things from fucking six months ago. That means he watched and you get Edward. 
Yes, I did. Thank you for the ad revenue, Gareth. I appreciate your fucking hard-earned uh, viewing pleasure, bro. Now it's more enough, uh, more than enough for me to go buy a fucking donut at Dunkin' Donuts. JT Golden with a 499 Super Chat. Take on these juice that is covered on the TNT title probably tastes better than Jesse's tacos. Oh my goodness. What do you think about that one, Jesse? That was, that was easily the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life. Maybe we should give one of your tacos to Sammy Guevara so we can compare. That was disgusting. John A with a 499 Super Chat. I personally believe Alexa Bliss was pushed solely because of her appearance, which sucks. She has no natural talent or charisma. It's sad. Hopefully she stays off television, bro. MGM Ballin with a 499 Super Chat. OTS fan, wish me luck on Sunday. Ultimate test of whether I'm stuck in the friend zone. Nobody wants to be in the friend zone, bro. I'd rather watch SmackDown on repeat for 24 hours straight. Nobody wants to do that. John A with a 199 Super Chat. I'd rather be on an island with Bruce Pritchard or Ronda. LOL. Are you sure about that? Ronda Drowsy. Ronda apparently got injured from her uh, attack by Charlotte Flair on SmackDown. She got something wrong with her uh, her mouth or her gums or whatever. Oh, well. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. Sean Ross Sapp tweeted out last night that the Becky Lynch promo was fantastic and and whatnot. What planet is that guy on? And what is he smoking? I want some. I, I don't know, Joseph Taylor. I mean, all the check marks are the same. And the only check mark you need to pay attention to is me. What happened? Rhonda, man. Her run two years ago, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. It started off a little rough. But she, you know, she got the hang of things quickly. And I enjoyed how they... How they ran with it, and they got a little weird at the end of the run at, you know, come WrestleMania, but, I mean, why is it the polar opposite this time around? Because the fans are not stupid, bro. They don't want to see people like Ronda Rousey on uh, on TV every fucking week, vying for world championships and winning Royal Rumbles when they have an entire roster of women that they have buried into oblivion. Fans are not stupid. Yeah, I guess that would do Drew Gilmore with a $5 Super Chat. What's up, guys? Battling a nasty cold, so I'm tuning in early. Stopping by the venue to give my support. Another great dynamite tonight. Hashtag OTS for life. Drew, get better, brother. The weather's getting nicer, man. Nobody should be ill. Robert Lamoa with a $5 super chat. We see CM Punk versus Adam Cole match to face Adam Page at double or nothing. Bro, take my money. Take my money, man. Chelsea with a Canadian $2 super chat. Prefer... King JD's hot wings over burnt tacos of Jesse. OTS for life. I didn't know I had hot wings. Anything I cook is going to be better than Jesse's taco. How about that? Oh, get the fuck out of here. Micah. Issa said, said motherhood happened to Rhonda. Becky and Rhonda haven't been the same since. See... This is coming from the one that has no kids. Do you have any kids, Issa? No, Issa, Issa has no children. So, see, you're making fun of Rhonda and Becky for having kids. Would you be the same if you had Roman Reigns' kids? No, she'd have fucking eight of Roman Reigns' kids, bro. In, in a single year. If she could. Yes, she could, yes. Uh, Micah with a 199 Super J. AW needs to do more with Hager and Christian Cage. I, I think they're both playing their roles fairly well, Micah. 
Young Bakugo. Bakugo. Fight all super chat. I was world champion. Adam Page does not resonate with me. He feels like a mid-card champion. Well, clearly you haven't watched his run, bro. Two matches with Danielson should not make Adam Page feel like a mid-card champion. P-Mac with a $5 Super Chat. Yo, Jesse, have you been watching the new season of Snowfall? Last week's episode was fucking amazing. Jesse shakes his head yes and approve. Fuck yeah, man. I watch Snowfall every goddamn week, bro. I cannot wait. I wait, shit, the new one comes out tonight, I think. I just got to season four of uh, Yellowstone. How's that going? I love it, man. I think it's great. And uh, Walking Dead just came back, and I'm already... Uh, I think three episodes in for uh, the last season, part two. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm just going to wait for Walking Dead to finish entirely and then finish it off from there. Smart. I I think that's what I'm going to probably end up doing, too, because uh, I'm going to have to wait another six months before they come back. Yeah, I'm just going to wait until they're all set. They're they're winding it down. They're done. Then I'll finish it. Uh, PMAC, uh, thank you for the $5 Super Chat. JD left you a thumbs up on the Rise episode. Wish I could leave you a 10 thumbs ups. That shit was hilarious. That clown from the chicken farm who does the cow tipping, LOL. Yeah, that was, uh, that was fun, man. Uh, hopefully episode two will be up tomorrow at some point in the afternoon. Being that there's no fucking news this week. Uh, Francis Loop with a five, a 10, and a five. Thank you, Francis. Francis, I don't know, um... I don't know what YouTube does, bro. But I think the larger you donate, the more spaces you have in your comments. Maybe you should look into that. Andrade needs a solo run. And the Butcher and Blade and Private Party need to be on their own wrestling other tag teams in the division. Sorry, Butcher. I like how Julia Hart is aggressive and sometimes sheets in the match, but still comes out of the babyface tunnel and waves to the crowd. Layla Hirsch should be a babyface and not a heel. The way the fans can still cheer for you in the ring, even though you can't talk on the microphone. Yeah, I forgot to tell you that Julia Hart um, did win her last match in uh, heel-like fashion. And she came out without the varsity gloves. Well, I mean, she's wearing an eye patch, bro. Yeah, there you go. She probably couldn't see all the way, so she had to uh, use nefarious means. She put her foot on the ropes. She couldn't see. She couldn't see. There you go. Francis Lou, thank you, brother. PMAC with the $2 Super Chat. Is it me or does 2.0 remind you of the Nasty Boys? Uh, a little, yeah. I could see that, man. I could absolutely uh, see that. I guess the Nasty Boys with better in-ring and mic skills. Yes. So, sure. Say Jaw with a 999 Super Chat. What's up, man? Uh, even Black Choices of theme music has meaning. Much like them, it's a collab of three bands. Am- Aminara, Black's Theme, Neurosis, and Ex-Sepultura. Their Rampage match ending sequence was a thing of beauty. Uh, I did not see Rampage this week, bro. But Black has always got good taste in music, man. Uh, Black uh, is the same style of music that I listen to. So I'm not surprised by that. Uh, Yeezus with a 999 Super Chat. First hour was really good, but then... Uh, speaking of music, Mark Tremonti is releasing a whole album of Frank Sinatra classics. And Michael Romeo has a new album coming out on Friday. For anybody that wants a guitar wizardry, 
in their Spotify playlist. It'll be in the JD Spotify playlist. Uh, Francis Loop. Thank you, bro, with another $5 super chat. Julia Hart needs to lose the eye patch, ditch the varsity blondes, and join Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson and be heels. Coach Anderson as a babyface. No. Jesus with a 999 super chat. First hour was really good, and then Thunder Rose's segment happened, and I was just left with disappointment. Wasn't a fan of the Sammy promo either. Yeah, some things I didn't like personally myself, Jesus. Saints with a 499 super chat. I think Sammy and Tay are creating go away heat for themselves. They absolutely are. And you do not want go-away heat. Drizzy Drew with a 199 Super Chat. Turn Sammy heel. Have them be like Edge and Lita. We just, we just mentioned that tonight, brother. Boogie Down Bronx with a 199 Super Chat. I was there in Austin. It was on fire. Hashtag pro wrestling. You guys were fucking loud, man. It came out great on TV. Robert Lamoa with a $5 Super Chat. Careful, Jay. The woke mob might call you transphobic and try to cancel you again. For what? Because I don't like uh, Nyla Rose challenging Thunder Rosa, or was it the fact that I enjoyed Dan Lambert calling Tay Conti Lucha Horace? One of my favorite comedians is Andrew Dice Clay, man. One of my favorite shows of all time is the early days of Family Guy where they said all that shit, and I laughed my ass off. Sue me. UCW Super Show with a 199 Super Chat. How are you liking season 11 of The Walking Dead? I think it's great, man. I can't wait to see some more. Negan, though. My boy Negan. Where did he go? Where did he go? Why is there not enough Negan? Thank you, brother. Uh, The Cake with 14 months Super Chat. Can I get an extreme cream ale, JD? Absolutely, man. Whatever you want. 14 months. You've been killing it. I just wanted to say keep up the good work. Also, Jesse, the pizza guy is outside for you. You ordered pizza, Jesse. Jesse did not order pizza. Jesse has become a mime on the show. Tyler B. I order pizza. I don't know, man. Pizza is always good any time of the day. Tyler B. with a five-month membership. What up, JD and Jesse? Great show tonight. Would you position Pac with the House of Black to allow Andrade to be with the Lucha Brothers? I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what they're doing with Andrade. I mean... I'm in a position Pack to be with Pack. Yeah, Pack needs to be a rogue, bro. Pack needs to be by himself. Uh, UCW with a new membership. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. You know, with so many, with so many factions in AEW right now, and I'm not, I'm not faction hating. I mean, I, I, I like it because I mean, it's, it kind of tells a real story of the, you know, the locker room type politics. You got to get a friend to watch your back back there so you don't get jumped. So I get it. But I would like someone to to come out and have like the anti-faction gimmick. Like I'm a, I'm a straight up solo rogue, and I'm still gonna fucking dominate this, this, this company. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even Moxley could have fit that, but now he's got a faction. You know, everybody has some kind of faction. You know, just one guy to just be the anti-faction guy and don't want anybody's fucking help and nothing like that. And he wants to go out there and take his lumps. That can be his gimmick. I don't want a fucking faction. Emerald Lord, Adrian V and Otis. Thank you for the memberships, guys. I appreciate you very much. What are you guys drinking, man? Shots are on me. Uh, Jeremy Lewis. Eight-month membership. Thank you, brother. Great dynamite. 
JD. And always, you're number one in the IWC, but you really got to teach that shifty barista, Jesse, how to make better coffee. I'm a barista now? Bro, there's, a, there's an espresso machine in, in the venue, bro. I don't even drink coffee. Well, that's your fucking problem. I don't even drink coffee, bro. I had three cops today, man. It's usually the same thing any uh, every day of the week. Barry Gold's probably the reason why I don't sleep. Uh, Barry Goldwater with Fight All Sleep Jack. Becky at least has been honest and said she does watch AEW shows. Yes, she should or would love to get MJF type Yes. Becky's watching uh, Dynamite and realizing that it's the better show compared to the show that she's on right now. And Ricardo Linnell with a $5 Super Chat. Thanks for the show, JD. How big does Super Chats need to be to get you to watch the Karate Kid movies? I don't know, man. Don't watch the movies at this point. Don't watch the movie, Jesse says. And no, seriously, seriously, guys. If, you ever, if, you've never, if you've never been a fan of the movies as a kid, I don't want you to fucking watch it now, you know, at fucking, you know, 40 years old or whatever the fuck, and think it's lame and stupid, because, yeah, at this point, it is lame and stupid. It was cool fucking 30 years ago. You know? I don't think I'd sit down and appreciate it. You would, you would, you would not, and I wouldn't blame you. No, you know, you, you would not. Anyway, guys, that's all we got. Thank you for all the super chats. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the memberships tonight. Thank you to tuning in. Jesse and I are about to get out of here. I apologize for uh, the static X on Jesse's microphone tonight. We'll get that uh, figured out. It's always something with this fucking Discord, man. Am, or maybe he maybe he has a uh, maybe it's a, a fucking uh, a plug issue or or a cord issue. Maybe Try it's it a loose cord or a faulty cord. I don't. Know. Or maybe it's this cord. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know. We never had you fucking static before. Discord, we'll figure that man. out. Figure that out, guys. Thank you so very much. We're about to get out of here. I'm about to hop into the Mustang and hit the road. I'll see you guys on the channel tomorrow. I think. We'll do some WWE 2K22, My Rise, part two of Mr. 9 to 5's journey to the main roster. Got a match with Titus O'Neil coming up. Should be great. UFC, uh, UCW, sorry, bro. UCW Super Show with a 999 Super Chat. I have AMC Plus, and Negan is heavily focused on in episode 14. He has something coming with an eyeball emoji. We're already at episode 14. So Negan is fear. Negan is Veer, yes. Negan is coming, apparently. Anyway, guys, uh, WW2K22 tomorrow. Uh, I might have an, uh, an extra at some point uh, between now and Friday night. SmackDown will be live for SmackDown. Next time you'll see me in the venue. And that's pretty much it, Jesse. Any uh, any closing words before we get out of here? No, no, not much. Um, you don't, you don't, you don't want to apologize to Lee Johnson. Who? You don't want to apologize to Lee Johnson and Julia Hart. I'm not speaking to them, man. If you've not seen the you, video. You, 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 you want me to show Lee Johnson the text where you challenged him to a taco-making contest and you said you'd blow him out of the water. Oh, my God. Follow me on Twitter. And that Twitter the tacos is not... so good that you're going to end up stealing Julia Hart away from him. You want, you want me to show him those texts? The link is in the chat. Mondays and Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Central Time. Guys, I'm getting out of here. Hit the thumbs up. Thank you for the super chats. Follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. I'll be back live in the venue on SmackDown. 
I need two things, man. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And when you hear that guitar solo, come on. I need that music on max. I'll see you guys Friday for SmackDown right here on Off The Scripts. See you guys later.